Previously on Martini Giant. No one has ever made a whiskey called Grandma's Turpentine. (laughs) (laughs) The Terps. Yeah. Uh -uh. Well, season the way I like it. (laughs) Grandma's Turpentine. I have seen that. Not available at Costco. Do you think Tarantino dropped the ball on it? I do. Yeah, but but here's the thing. It's still a masterpiece. I can watch that movie again. It's not a masterpiece like, you know... uh, Escape to Witch Mountain. But it is a right, masterpiece. So that's a whole other podcast. That's another whole podcast. Oh, whole hold on. When hold I on. was younger, just, and Mr. Selznick told me at the studio in yeah. 1926 that I remember <laughs> that we were still on the gold standard, and I had a gold coin in my hand, and he came up to me, and he said, this is what makes a great director. I'm sorry. I'm going on stories, no, Chris. So How do you guys feel about this wrapping up? No, I feel great. That was, that was I a thought very, very it was going to be Dan's podcast. last show. <laughs> Never. You got hot. Hot under the collar, baby. Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 20, which is Peter Himes' 1981 film Outland, starring Sean Connery. It's a very interesting film. It's classified as a sci-fi film, but it's definitely a Western at the same time. It takes place on the moon of Io off off of Jupiter, uh, and it looks on like a set that pretty much comes from Alien. But it's a really good film, really interesting, great acting, great writing, very interesting cinematography as well, and definitely one of Peter Himes' great films. I think both Peter Himes and Outland are underrated in terms of the quality of films they put out there, and I think this is a really great suggestion by our very own Daniel Thrawn. Uh, I want to remind you guys that uh, we're always available for suggestions on any other movies that you'd like to hear us talk about, so don't forget to email us podcast at martinigiant.com. You can also get in touch with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash martinigiant. On Twitter, we are at martinigiant. On Instagram, we are martini underscore giant. All right, guys. Hopefully, you guys will enjoy Outland. Mm. Oh, man. I never get tired of La Colombe. <laughs> Colombe. <laughs> it's like saying Columba. Columba. Uh, dear La Columba, uh, please uh, write to us at Martini Giant. Um, Podcast at martinigiant.com. Yeah, and. Uh, any of our listeners that know anyone that works at La Columba, any Columbe. executives, I mean, I'm sure there's someone. Of the of uh, you know between the the ten listeners we have, this is true, including and, I mean, uh, Peter is, Himes. Yes, of course. Uh, 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 Chris uh, Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan, Mr. Nolan. How, Mr. how Nolan. are you? Yep, and true. and uh, and uh, Neil Blankamp. I'm sure one of them knows, fans of the show knows oh. an executive at La Colombe. Well, and but but let's not us. let's not be rude to our listeners because because uh, uh, if we were to um, if they were to uh, try to get this information to the friends that they have at La Colombe, how would they contact us? Um, on the internet podcast uh-huh. at martinigiant.com right and and oh oh what other means of what other means of contact are yes, there? there there are there's facebook that's right and what are, we're, we're on facebook at martini giant from martini giant that's correct we are on uh, twitter mm-hmm. at martini giant at martini giant also we are on uh, instagram at martini underscore, underscore. <laughs> 
science. <laughs> Remember, some other son of a bitch is that, yeah, that one first. Really? Why? why? Yeah, I don't know why, why we couldn't get that one. I don't understand. I don't know. They just yeah. had extra underscores floating around, so yeah. that's how that goes. That's okay. But uh, yes, uh, uh, luck alone, please uh, contact us at any of these. Or if anybody else wants to contact us for any reason or suggest uh, movies uh, they'd like to have us uh, or go sponsors. over. Or sponsors. Perhaps we're, sponsor we're us. Totally open to sponsorship. That's true. Uh, so this is the faux sponsorship of La Colombe, uh Draft Latte, <laughs> foamy uh, nitrous infused milk cold brew, ninety calories. Nine, yeah, it's delicious. It is delicious, but I'm not going to keep on saying it what? unless they tweet us. <laughs> <laughs> we should tweet at them. We should tweet at them. But no, you know, you know, fuck that. They should tweet us. We've been selling this <laughs> <laughs> for so long now. Every episode, I talk about the wonders of La Colombe. I just don't what? understand. What's wrong? Can I take that volume down? Oh, is it your volume too high? Hold I'm on. too hot. Oh, yeah. boy. There we are. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, thank that you. Better? Okay. This is the episode where Eric realizes that he is too hot. So hot. So hot. Muy caliente. Muy caliente. Oh. It's true. <laughs> it is true. <clears throat> well, hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Uh, 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 what? Oh my! Oh, okay. You're drinking. What is that? Aranciata. Uh, San Pellegrino. San Pellegrino. Is it mixed or is it? Uh, or is that straight? It's uh, Aranciata Rossa, red, orange, blood oranges. Uh, drink. It's very good. That's it's nice. very good. We are also uh, uh, going on the lighter side uh, on the on the alcohol side. Mm-hmm. We are going with a rosé. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, uh, mainly because I know. Uh, Eric likes no, his. Don't bring me. Don't, yeah, no, don't, don't, me don't curse me with the rosé. No, he likes his his he likes his fresh wines. Yeah, like well, and cold, you like cold wines, right? And, and, and prosecco, prosecco, yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 uh, we've we have been uh, you know doing a lot of um, harder whiskeys. That's true. And uh, proseccos are good. And uh, actually, mainly because I did not uh, think to get something mm-hmm. today. Uh, so we now do. you're stuck with what's in the What happened to closet? that great artist? Did we knock through that? What? That the great artist, artist whiskey. Oh, we yeah, we, we finished that thing. <laughs> yeah, we finished that. Art thing. is dead. Uh, it's yeah. true. Yeah. But the, uh, I actually, we were going to have a podcast uh, with uh, 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 this, these three uh, great uh, women that were going to be about women and technology. But unfortunately, because they are so overbooked, um, that uh, podcast got to get delayed, mm-hmm. and so we have leftover alcohol. This is for your, for a different podcast, other a than this different one, podcast, which yeah. is called <laughs> CG Garage. CG Garage also available on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, it's, but, a, it's a more highly it's a highly technical but incredibly entertaining podcast. Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, but that uh, so anyway, so they didn't show up, and so uh, uh, I decided I'm going to steal what we already bought. Yeah, hey man, move ahead. And this is called now. I'm just going to guess here. There's there's three ways that we can go here. It's either Campuje, Campuget, <laughs> Campuget. <laughs> hey, has anybody seen The Lion King? Uh, no, I have not seen The Lion King. <laughs> I love how you change subjects so fast. It's no. so good. <laughs> Do you want to stick on that Campuget? <laughs> this is a. Uh, I don't know if you can hear. This is the cork opening. Yeah, nice. I think that's better. It's I think that's better. Screw top. Yeah, oh, it's, it's more practical. Honestly. It's more practical. Yeah, and especially when it's like a white wine where you don't really need a cork. Yeah, I mean, come on, you're gonna be like, you're gonna drink through the entire thing while you're, you know, playing Minecraft. 
<laughs> Minecraft. <laughs> you need a screenshot. Yes, that's what I'm. Rose and Minecraft. That's it's my a classic night. combination. Do you still play man. Minecraft? I um uh, no, I I do not. I've never actually got the Minecraft bug. Um, but I do respect Minecraft quite a bit. It's oh like, yeah, my daughter genius. loves it. It's cool. Yeah, not my, yeah, my, my kid. My, my, and it's interesting because my my kid was like Fortnite, 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 and right. then that that died like in like a night. Well, there's a there's a competing game, uh, PUBG, and that came out, and basically the channel changed. Oh, yeah. that was there was there was an, there's another game too that that uh, Apex. Apex. Yeah, uh, Apex. So yeah. Uh, totally dominated. But yeah. but nonetheless he's like after he dumped uh a Fortnite, yeah. He's like I'm going back to Minecraft. Yeah, fuck and this. I'm break, breaking up the camp he, and we're doing this. Yeah, because he was really uh got into the building in Minecraft. That's the mm-hmm. stuff I love, yeah. yeah. Like was, the people get so crazy creative in doing these things. Were you into video games as a kid, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, were you? I, n- I know. I never had any. You never had any video games? Not, we not the old allowed. school stuff? You didn't get any? We weren't allowed, no. You didn't we play it in, in like oh, arcades? You didn't right. do arcades? Mm. No. Oh, man. I was a real I – was, I was – I was yeah, an honorary not. junkie. I was this an arcade so much. A lot. Yeah, that yeah. was really something. I, was, I worked, I worked in games for a while. <laughs> what a douche. <laughs> it's a compliment. Nothing good comes from video games. Look at where my life is. No, that's not <laughs> true. Yeah. I think video games are actually very good for I your, think I for missed out on that. I Every, do. Yeah, no, it, uh, video games are great for everything. I love video games. I love video games. I think, I think that video games are artistically way, important. Way, like if, you're gonna, if a kid is spending time in front of a screen, if they're doing something creative like video games, especially Minecraft, mm-hmm. that's way better than sitting around and watching uh, cartoons. Then it's not like YouTube and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, like, yeah. I think that there's – like YouTube is a much more sort of educational – uh, broadly educational outlet. Is it is. Oh, yeah. then within the stuff that I grew up with when I was a kid watching TV. Like, how many times can the I watch Stanford and Son? Like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, I agree. But but YouTube still like the stuff that kids are watching are like, I dare you to do something stupid. Oh yeah, sure. There's it's, loads of junk. There's loads and loads of painful junk for sure. It's really hard to filter that and to yeah. monitor that. So this is true. I don't know what to deal with that. Well, you did stupid stuff as a kid. I did, but I'm not. It wasn't because someone on YouTube told me to do it. <laughs> you thought that stupid stuff all by your lonesome. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. I, uh, that was that's my nice own thing. creative imagination that allowed that stupid stuff to happen. Well, see, this is the thing. Like with <laughs> Minecraft, I love just like it's the creative aspect of Minecraft that I love. I love seeing my son do this, and it's like when I when I go online, I see like what people have done with Minecraft. Like they created a logic gate, an operational logic gate in Minecraft. Right. And I was like, oh my god, that's like, cool. It's that's insane. If you had a big enough Minecraft setting you could build a functional computer my son was actually having a conversation with me well he's been on this podcast mm-hmm. uh have a conversation with me about global warming based on the things that he mines in minecraft that's incredible yeah that's totally because cool. he understands like i need the coal to do the this and to do the that and to right. make the charcoal and to do like all of this stuff like i um, need to play golf with the head of this corporation oh look at that you know, a little bit of a segue to deal with him suggestive so, of so where the we're going to look the other way yeah, that's right. right that's right that's right all right well let's get into this okay so we saw um, oh you guys saw I, i've seen this a zillion times you have not I seen have this i've never at all. seen this movie and you haven't seen it since it came out is that i right? saw it in the theater mm-hmm. com- i really liked Which it is 1981 81 yeah yep. yeah Okay, so I'm 33. So the point <laughs> is, someone else too. I saw it in the Good theater. Deal. I loved it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Memory got shot, and I sometimes you think, God, what was that movie where that guy was playing golf against the wall? Or Frankenstein's monster was playing golf. Well, I didn't golf. associate him with Peter Boyle because <laughs> I just with the beards and everything. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I just didn't remember. When I saw it, uh, I was like, oh, this is the movie with golf. Yeah. Because oh, I thought that scene with golf It's one of the, the greats. It's one of the greats. For 1981, it's- that was mind-blowing. And I was like, not only that, I – those systems exist. Oh, yeah. It's real. That's a real oh, yeah. thing. That's a totally right. real gag. Yeah. But yeah. it just was amazing. Yeah. And I also felt like there was a lot of similarities to like um, uh, Alien. Oh, yeah. Huge. Just because oh, like all the, yeah. it's, it is the workers this mo- talking. This movie, yeah. this movie was An alien completely uh, uh, influenced by Alien. Well, it's, it's actually uh, in, the, in the notes about the movie. Yeah. Is that he basically – this movie was supposed to be a Western. Yes. He was originally going to make a, an absolutely straightforward Western with hat, Which, cowboys, hats, etc. Yeah, and then yeah. he's like after Alien and goes, I can make this yeah. Uh, yeah. an Alien movie. He was told that Westerns aren't sellable and so he had to make something else. And he's like, screw it. I'll make Alien. A couple, thing, couple <laughs> things. It – it opens the same way like Alien in terms whoa, 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 whoa. of the- – real, real, real quick. What is what it? What is this movie? <laughs> this movie? This movie is Peter Peter Himes' movie, which is written and directed by Peter Himes. It's called Outland. Outland. It came out in 1981. A rarely seen movie. Not too many people know about this movie. Yeah. And, but I think it's actually a tremendously influential movie. Yes. Absolutely. It is. And you can see similarities in his other one, which we reviewed. 2010. 10, where there's a kid scene with the wife yeah, and the mother. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he must have this a, is a thing a personal for him. He got, interest. He got – he actually – like he got – 2010 because of this movie yeah yeah but the scene of the boy in the breakfast with the mother yeah and it's, the in father, t- it's in 2010 the two, also the same film yeah same basically movie. so he's yeah. got an issue right with like, I, and i think that this is another one of those like i have a theory that many but he also many has many the same films, thing in capricorn one with yeah. its son too there's a thing i think there's a running theory that i can go with i haven't really built this out yet but i believe that there are a huge <laughs> number of uh, films let's build it <laughs> out let's build it out uh there are a huge number of films uh that are secretly about the stress of being a filmmaker and oh, uh, yeah. especially how stressful it is on your family. Yes, yep. it is. And and, uh, and and Peter Himes has made at least a couple of the great ones. Right. Um, and uh, and this sort of occurred to me because of a uh, because of when I went to go see 2010 in the theater as a double feature with Interstellar, which I think I talked about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, holy shit, these are the same movie. I saw this in New, Be- New Beverly. Whoever programmed at the New Beverly was genius. Mm-hmm. These movies are basically the same movie, same kind of movie, have the same stresses in them. And it really revealed to me, like like 2010, though mainly largely forgotten, um, affected Christopher Nolan hugely, right? And Christopher Nolan is another person who makes movies about being an absent father, dealing with how much stress work puts on you when you're a filmmaker in capricorn one it like what's interesting is like you know there's a like is daddy coming home scene right 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 right. and uh to emphasize that stress the kid that plays is daddy coming home is actually chris himes there you go see yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but yeah so like like, let's take i'm going to take a quick whack at what this movie is about and try and blow through it really quickly so then we can just talk about what's in the movie because the movie is amazing the movie is amazing and first of all i was like i thought it was for some stupid reason i thought it was the other uh sean connery uh zadora oh zardoz Zardoz. which we should definitely cover i already did the artwork for that i know oh my god dude i'm I'm dying to see this this is like we must talk about no no we must talk about uh, we must see it for the podcast it's absolutely fucking amazing i thought it was that for some reason and i was like oh no wait this is different but that's with charlotte ramplin oh dude yeah like zardoz i'm just gonna plug zardoz for we will do an episode on zardoz if you have not seen zardoz 
watch this movie because we will be doing a podcast on it, but also because you will never see a movie like Zardoz. I don't think you can unsee that movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not just a bad movie. It's a fantastically well-made, memorable bad movie. Right. Like, it's like you don't even know – like, you're halfway through and you're like – I, the the emotions you're feeling Even are so opposite each just other. Just like, watched the trailer and you're going, "What the fuck what did I happening? just watch?" <laughs> yeah. And who was the re- famous director? That's John Borman. That's right. Yeah, John Borman did Deliverance and Excalibur. Right. Yeah, the guy's fantastic. And the level uh, of filmmaking is equally high in in this movie. And I love this movie. I got to be frank, I love Zardoz, but uh, it, it it makes almost no sense whatsoever. It's beautiful. But it's obviously uh, it's written it makes into- sense. Excalibur was it was just as stupid in some ways. Yeah, but it's beautiful. Oh my god! Like, but it had some great oh, nude scenes. The image. Oh. oh yeah, no, that movie Excalibur is brilliant. Brilliant Excalibur. for the nudity it's and the hand coming through the water. Revolutionized oh, awesome. the way hands come through water. It, that is absolutely true. That's in the filmmaking true. business, and revolutionized how I look at Gabriel Byrne. Once I realized it was oh, him in that sex scene. Right. That's very strange. Right. You never want to see Gabriel Byrne in a sex scene. It was like realizing that I was having sex with Gabriel Byrne to see that. It was like, when oh my was god, in the armor? and he's in the armor. Yeah, yeah that was that. Was awkward. That was yeah. an awkward moment. Awkward moment. But in any case, this <laughs> is Outland by Peter Himes, and Peter Himes is a like I'm a Peter Himes total fan, and he directed. Um, let's give. Let's see. He directed Capricorn One. Uh, Capricorn One, 2010. Uh, he did a great movie that nobody has seen called Busting with um, uh, with Elliot Gould and Robert Blake in <laughs> yeah. the 70s. Yeah. Uh, one of the original sort of real buddy cop movies. Mm-hmm. And he also did one of the best buddy cop movies of all time. Another one that nobody's seen called Running Scared. With I've seen that. Billy Crystal and Jeremy and, and, and Gregory Hines. Oh, and I've seen that. Oh, man. That movie, that movie holds up incredibly well. It's yeah. so super funny. It's a good movie. Yeah, great, great film. He's uh, also done a whole bunch of like Jean-Claude Van Damme films. Oh, yeah. He did Time Cop. Yeah. Uh, he did uh, a trashy but awesome horror movie called The Relic. Uh, which is garbage, but it's super fun garbage. Right. Um, and he's done a couple of you know things that did work out, but like mainly this guy is one of the most inventive sort of uh, stylistic action director, directors I've ever seen. Yeah, and he always makes movies that you you end up like they shouldn't be as good as they are, but they're weirdly great. Like that's exactly how I felt about this movie. Yeah, it's because miraculous. pretty much this movie like is here's the premise of the film, right? Uh, it takes place on Io, mm-hmm. which is a moon of Jupiter, mm-hmm. and uh, they are mining, right? So it's a sci-fi film, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a mining colony on the moon of Io. And uh, there's a bunch of people that go there. It's a typical mining thing. And then you start realizing, like, it's like the new frontier. And you start to very quickly realize, like, this is a Western. Yeah, exactly. This is pretty much a Western. It's a mining town it's in a, the Old West. In a mining town in the Old West, except instead of being in the Old West, it's in the sci-fi era. Right. 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 And uh, it is very much put into the aesthetic of Alien. Yes. Where, oh, yeah. where they're like a salvage ship doing their salvage job yep. or whatever. Yep. Now, what's also interesting, uh, you know, the tagline to Alien is in space no one can hear you scream. Screen. Yeah. And in this one it's something along the lines of Stuck in, in a space, refrigerator no one can hear you scream. Like, <laughs> in, in, in space like humans are still the bad people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a yeah, the ultimate enemy is still man. Still, and, the ultimate enemy yeah. is still man. And right? uh, and and like I think they they leaned hard into their and they knew what they had. They knew it was basically like this is, This whole movie yeah. did not need to be in space yeah. at all. Nope. No, nope, nope. but I'm glad there's it no is. Alien, I'm so glad there's that no alien. There's no this. There's yeah. no that. There are a lot of things that, in the plot, that lean towards like 
the the situation of being in space. Yeah, like everything about it, everything about its science fictionality is entirely incidental, right? Because like yes. like this is uh, Sean Connery is a marshal, a U, uh, basically U.S. marshal. Um, he's a, he's a marshal at. He's uh, a glorified security. He's, yeah, exactly. He's the head of security, more or less, right. at Con, the Con Am mining station on IO. Right. And uh, and he, the, it's a plug and play position. Like you're not supposed to do anything. They just need they're like, they're legally required to have a marshal there right. in case things get out of control in any regular you know old westy kind of way. Like uh, someone beat up the prostitutes or someone you know shot yes. somebody else. Whatever. And it there is. are a lot. There are prostitutes there that are totally legal, just like in a western. Just in, a in yeah, like a brothel, exactly. Right. And um, but. But basically, people just mine all day, and so they get up and they get into spacesuits and they go out and they 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 strip mine uh, the rock of Io. Right. And um, the story picks up speed when you see uh, Marshall O'Neill is who he is playing. Marshall O'Neill and his family are there. His wife and his son. Uh, like they, this is like the twelfth job that he's been assigned. He keeps on getting fired or kicked out of whatever you know sort of shithole job he's in. Right. And now he's ended up in the worst job in the solar system. Like this right. is like the worst assignment you can get. His the stress on his family is huge. Like she's like our son has never breathed non-reprocessed air. But he we never, can't keep doing this. But okay, but another thing that's interesting because they keep mentioning that, but he always seems like he's a very accomplished person. Like he doesn't seem like a failure. Yeah, ever. I don't think he's I think he's a failure exactly in the way that he's a failure in this movie, which is like no, he's he, actually trying to be a good cop. But nobody wants you to be a good cop. He's a good father. He's a, yeah, like he's a, he's a good. He's, he's a, a better father than he is a cop. Yeah, like he's like Employee. he's he's he has been a good he's been a good family man and he doesn't he's, play the game. Like yeah, like he keeps on getting into a situation where right. he'll be like, I don't know if I can back this play. Like this seems illegal, and so he gets kicked out and shoved somewhere else. Well, and he doesn't make a, he doesn't make a fuss over it all those other times. So so also. In the beginning of the thing, you quickly realize there's a weird thing going on, which, because it's a sci-fi film, you mm. think it's aliens. <laughs> of course. But it's not. Right. Uh, which, uh, spoiler alert, uh, which is that some guy is mining outside and goes completely crazy. Thinks hallucinates. Hallucinates, thinks there's spiders after him. Right. This, by the way, is uh, Cliff Clavin from Cheers. Oh, is it really? Yes, which will come up again in a moment when we get to the rest of the cast. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, because Cliff Clavin's mom. Cliff Clavin's mom is also in this movie. Oh, my Frances God. Stone I didn't Hayden. even realize. She's the doctor. She's, She's the, the doctor. doctor. <laughs> which, which is amazing. Which, and she is. Oh, okay. So we'll get to her in a second. We'll, we'll get, get to her in a second, second because we're going to go on and on about yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. I have praised her in this movie. I think her She's still alive. Was, I, I believe she may have just passed. It was within the past couple of years, but I'm not sure. She's like a, she's a tremendous actor. Anyway, she he has a hallucination that there's some spiders after him, and they're like crawling up inside his suit. And so he pulls off his mask in 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 in, in a non in, when there's no atmosphere and dies instantly. Right, right. right. He's he's killed by the zero pressure environment of right. this empty and moon, which his head explodes. Which yes. Apparently wouldn't actually that probably happen. wouldn't happen. But right. this is the movie that made everyone think it would. Right. <laughs> sure. But they somehow figured out that gag because they used it a lot. I know. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they came up, oh, we have a great optical have, effect. Yeah, How can we use Let's, let's just put it in space it. and everyone dies that way. Yeah, yeah it's right. amazing. So, like, yeah, there's lots of, like, uh, full screen head explosions in spacesuit helmets in this movie. Yes. And it's pretty great. Yes. It's pretty great. It's absolutely like, it's, great. It's, it's, it's beautifully done. It's like, and I would say it's like, there's a, there's a lot of 
uh, physics problems in this movie. Yeah, it doesn't make it. There's some there's some things that blankly do not make sense. But that's and, fine. And that's you, fine. And and when you should completely forgive all of them. Yes. Uh, because the story still works. Right. Absolutely. So this guy, um, he pulls off the hoses to his space helmet. His head explodes. Right. And uh, and then he's you know thrown in the um, in the morgue, and there's no big deal, right? And he gets a, he's well, taken away actually, fast. More, more specifically, uh, he doesn't have an autopsy. Yeah, no autopsy. So like you know, O'Neill at that regular company meeting where everyone's right. talking about you know so, like what's right. what's going on this week. Uh, he's introduced as here's our new marshal. Sean Connery. Yep. And Sean Connery is like, hello, everybody. And then we are introduced to Peter Boyle, who runs the station. Right. And Peter, Peter Boyle, Boyle. Yes. Yes. Peter Boyle is – this is one of my favorite Peter Boyle roles. He is the bad guy of the movie. And, and he does we, – we, a lot of people know him as a comedic actor mm-hmm. because he plays a lot of comedic Yeah, he roles. was on um, Everybody Loves Raymond. He's on Everybody he the, Loves he Raymond. The, he was the dad. He's the, great, the dad the and Everybody Loves Raymond. Right. He was, was he in Oles- Garp? I don't know. Was he in Garp? Who was the guy that played – Garb in Garb, not Robin Williams, but the other guy, the football player. Oh, oh, no, that, that's actually Lithgow. Mark John Lithgow, yeah, yeah, who's Lithgow. awesome in Garb, incredible yes. in Garb. Yeah. Now, uh, Peter Boyle was also uh, uh, the uh, the monster in Young uh, Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. He is also uh, the character, one of my favorite characters in Taxi Driver, called Wizard. That's right. Yes. And he's in a great movie called Joe, uh, yes. which is really, Joe. really intense. Yeah, really intense picture. Uh, like he was, he, a, he's he one of the, killed all those people. That was yeah. a controversial film. Oh, it's seventy seventy one. Absolutely, yeah. but I mean, it's 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 one of the one of those seventies films. That I think that I mean, like it's really upsetting and, and absolutely controversial. He's actually hard to recognize as Peter Boyle because he's got such a big, a big beard in this yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, but his voice is so recognizable. Oh, you get it. And like the, the glory of this of his performance in this is that he is the opposite of a mustache twirling villain. Right. He is like a tired middle aged manager of a shitty shithole job right like that's it and he's just like i don't give a fuck like he just doesn't care he's just like yeah. let's keep the fucking thing rolling this yeah. is it everyone's got their job yeah i gotta just keep I, doing and, this and you can't do fucking anything because you're out here in the middle of nowhere yeah, exactly i'm fucked my life is fucked i'm you know i have nothing well he basically gives a speech to sean connery like during the introduction things like yeah i'm glad you're on board etc cetera, etc cetera. i was like uh just don't come down on anybody too hard you he's know like, i just want you to know that uh, we're one of the top mining operations out here. That's right. And uh, our, I let our, our workers you work, know, work, work. Ha- work really, really hard and I'll let play them play high. really, play. really hard. As long as you give them and a little. as long as you give them enough, you know. Just a little, just a little room. Give them a little room to do what they need to do. Yeah. Then yeah. Uh, you're going to be just fine. And he gets that speech and you can tell that. that Connor's fucking like, pissed. He's pissed. Uh, what? <laughs> My job is to keep law and order and you're telling me to Not let, do that. <laughs> let things slide? Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so that's an immediate. So, like, you, so you get to. You immediately know that something's fucked up. Yeah. Because like. And he's. And Connery's pissed off. And uh, right. so you meet. So you meet Peter Boyle. And you meet uh, Peter Boyle. So right hand man is. Uh, um, I forgot. Oh, James B. Sicking, uh, who is plays the character Montone. Right. And Montone is uh, sort of he's uh, Doogie Hauser's dad. Is this actor? If you ever remember. really, yeah, Doogie Hauser's dad, great actor. And uh, he's the sort of like likable, friendly guy who's on the bad guy's side. He's like the deputy who's on the bad guy's side. Well, I, you don't know I he's on it, the bad guy's when side. When I yet. see it in the beginning, it seems more like. He's, He's the neutral. guy who's the sergeant, who's the second man to Sean Connery. Right, right. But you you ultimately come to realize, like you know. He's on the on the payroll with everybody else. Yeah, like, uh, that's yeah. just how it goes. Yeah. But he's a very he's a nice guy. Uh, he's a he's a he's sympath- likable. He's a likable, sympathetic and person. And he's trying to help Sean Connery. Right. He's he actually, likes Sean Connery. He does like friends. Sean Connery. Right. right. They become friends. Right. They, he absolutely likes him, and he wants. He's like, you know, like he's of the attitude 
like you're just going to get yourself killed if you start prying into stuff. Right. And so he tries to dissuade him from this. That's right. basically his character's point of view. So but it, none of this has really happened yet. They've only learned about one guy who has died. Right. And, and he, then and then and then basically there's another guy that dies. Yeah, a guy walks into a, a loading elevator and without, without a, space, a suit, uh, suit goes and he down. explodes. He explodes also. Uh, and <laughs> my God, there's a lot of people exploding. exploding. That's right. And, and then and then and then and then Sean Connery basically Sean Connery goes back to his house mm-hmm. or to his uh, his you know residence. Yes, his uh, his the, the can that they live in. Yeah, and and uh, finds out that his entire family has left him. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah, yeah. They, I think they threaten to leave first, and then and then they leave. Yeah, then so they like, leave. but like the wife is very is very pleasant, you know, and she's like, I I love you. You're a great guy, but I can't. We can't just keep you know, raising our son in this fashion. Right. So I'm gonna buy a ticket. I'm gonna buy three tickets on the shuttle back to Earth. Right. And we're gonna go now, the son and me. Right. And uh, that third ticket will be waiting for you, and and you should come. Right you now, and like so, so she's. It's not an angry, bitter, uh, leaving scene. It's just her, like, I love you, but you know, we can't can't do this any longer. Yeah, and, and she spe- says specifically, like, he's never breathed fresh air in his life. Right, right. And uh, he secretly looks at books of Earth. Right, and he, and he doesn't want to tell you about it because he doesn't want to make you sad. He does, and that's it's it's actually a really. Good scene. Yeah, no, and the, like the the I, only the only thing that keeps that story from being more effective is the the actor that plays the kid is uh, not a good actor, and he is very awkward in his performance. <laughs> he is, but you know what? In the same time, he just feels like an awkward kid. Yeah, it's true. It feels like a real kid for sure. Like, he feels he's not like on that much. Yeah, yeah. He's like, on for a very short yeah, time. But he makes an impression like he's not an attractive Hollywood kid. He's sort of like a... No, nah, he's a chubby little yeah, kid. Yeah, he's a chubby, greasy haired, kind of like you're just like, oh man, this kid is definitely not you know, like you, you can see the effect of living in this kind of situation on this child very clearly in this movie. It's good. It's a pretty honest casting. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't need to eat, but he doesn't need to do a big performance. It's right? true. It's true. I, I think that for people that were, I think this was a, it was a problem at its release that like you, you know, like you would normally have a really attractive sort of like movie star kid, like a cute, cute kid to, to, to play this role. Right. So you go like, Oh, his son, and they're so good together. But instead, it's like, uh, okay, <laughs> like it feels very, it feels very strange between the two of them. Like Connery's, like, you know, like, well, I love you, but uh, I'm, I'm going to stay here. And uh, you know, like part of the audience is going, eh, I can understand that, I suppose. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't mean I, to be. This guy's grown up. I'm sure to be a perfectly. I didn't but feel that he is way. because he is not a he is not a traditional. I didn't feel Hollywood like he, like I, I I felt like he was definitely torn between family and, and work. Yeah, mm-hmm. I felt also. Oh no, I totally think so. Good I think father. I thought yeah, the kid absolutely. was just a little awkward because he's an only child. Yeah. It's and it's but, it's strange. I guess it's strangely honest and direct casting for what is other other than that a very uh, traditional movie like I, Sean Connery's in it and like that kind of stuff. I think it, like. This all happens when all the news of like random suicides or quote unquote suicides are happening. Right, right. On the planet. Right, right. Or and on the moon. Right. And and I think that he's going, hmm. Uh, and and like, I, I want to be in my family, but like shit's going down at work. Yeah, this and, is a, I mean, this is a bad place to be. Like, and, and, it doesn't and like make any he sense. can't he can't seem to like I I have to solve this. I can't just see. Like, I leave. felt also it was less about him following the law and more about him trying to 
um, he's so sick of losing jobs and like yeah. and and it finally affected his his personal life with a wife that it's like it was just more about that guy Peter Boyle because right. when he left that meeting he was so pissed he yeah. took it personally like he feels like I think I think you're right because like he he says later on he says you know like you know like why when someone says why are you doing this and he goes like well you know I'm um, everyone tells me I'm a fucking idiot and a shithead and I'm terrible at my job and I just need to see if they're right I just need to see if they're right. You know, like, because, like, I have nothing, I have nothing uh, left in me. Like, I've given up, like, I'm a good dad, and I'm losing that because of do my you, job. Do you, yeah. That's the thing that was, to me, honestly, was I was not convinced of. I did, I was not convinced of Sean Connery as being someone that was bad at his job. Oh, I don't think he is. No, I think he's great at his job. No, I know, but, like. I did. That, I thought. Tell me, tell me. Eric. Because the way he lost his temper at Peter Boyle. And he was going down. He was really kind of just getting, you know, losing it a little bit. That he's very particular, and and you can see that he's got an edge. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, by the time he gets back and the wife is gone, he knows you. You as the audience member know that he's, you know, yeah, he's pro- he's a good father, but he's got an edge to him. Well, yeah, because of the the sort of like because he's he's been playing his life down the middle, like he's losing everything. Like he's losing uh, self respect. He's losing his family. And he's gonna, you know, like he's like look By at the, the way, the, honestly, truly, originally he wasn't a cop. Right. He was a, a VFX artist. It makes sense. <laughs> Utterly, <laughs> and, Utterly makes sense. And they're like, well, this is a little too real. <laughs> yeah, no, and we can't let, do let's this. Just so make it's too it, heartbreaking. Yeah, let's just yeah, make him a cop. Yeah. But yeah, like the, but I think you're right because like the, I think that the fact is that he has the, like he has a sense of integrity that nags at him, um, but he's compromised. <laughs> that many 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 times by now like he has a sense of rightness that he wants to follow through on but he has never followed through on it like he's been he's gotten angry and he's been out of place and then he gets fired and he and he's moved to another right. place and he's lost everything and he's lost so everything. that's way right. at the end um he's just kicking the shit out of people right. and he's got that energy and she even said wow you're fit yeah. it's like you don't even think it's fitness he's just like uh, like on PCP, he's just like <laughs> yeah, ripping right, right. through people. Yeah. yeah, he's like there's there's so as much drugged out as those other guys shooting yeah. up that stuff. Right, and so like so, so right, uh, right, some right. of the plot we have. Uh, we still have a lot to go through, but the, uh, let's keep going. Yeah, so we have the uh, so a, a third uh, freakout happens, but this guy doesn't commit suicide or get into a um, a uh, you know go into an airlock. Well, first of it all, is we, the, this is the first time we we figure out that there's some other thing. Yeah, that this is, is the scene that reveals. What uh, is causing this what, that? There's something. Something else might be going on. Okay, and we already seen hints of it, like there's a drug deal going on. Right, right. And now a couple of we, creepy guys trading some stuff around. Trading stuff some stuff around, around yeah. and suddenly some guy takes this stuff and sh- shoots himself with something. Right. And then the next scene is he's with a, uh, a prostitute, and he is flipped out. He is flipped out. He's flipped out. He's beat her up. Beat the crap he's out like of the prostitute. Waving a knife around. Everything's gone wrong. And this is a job for the marshal. Like this like, is the thing that everyone agrees. Like, okay, marshal comes in. Now marshal comes in. He's beating up a prostitute. He's locked himself in the room. Right. It's a big deal. So his uh, the, mar- the the deputy Montone right. uh, goes. Okay. So what do we do? And Sean Connery says, Okay, I'm going to talk him down through the door. But just in case, you go through the crawl space up above. You'll get the drop on him if this goes wrong, right? right. And so he, there's this great scene when uh, Connor is talking really to the crazy. Scene. It's a really s- good spectacularly scene. tense. By the way, scene. you're going through just before this moment. You're going through, and you got the sets 
Uh, oh, the God, living yeah. quarters are oh, it's, so like, beautiful. Yeah, we can talk about like the like, sets are what, amazing. This, like, what, like, like what, let's blow through the so rest of the plot industrial. and then let's get into it because like the, the 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 plot is just the the thing that all this beauty hangs on. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, he uh, he talks to the, tries to talk this dude down through the door. The guy's like obviously like tweaked out. He, he's tweaked out. Like and he's he does like, a great acting on oh, tweaked out. This dude is also I believe in Beverly Hills Cop. He's, yes, yeah, he yeah, is. he's great. He's so yes. good, uh, and he's uh, and he's like, I can't open the door because you'll kill me, right? And he's totally like, there's no way out of the situation. He goes, No, doesn't I'm- he look a little bit like, oh my god, what's who's the character from Blade Runner who's at the end with the birds? Oh yeah, it's like right back. Rutger Howard, yeah, yeah, Rutger Howard, Howard, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, right? Same, same kind of face, exactly same kind of same face, thing. same kind of a weird Euro creepy, kind of like look yeah, to him. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And so like he's uh, he's totally flipping out and. And uh, and O'Neill, uh, Sean Connery says, like, listen, if you do as I'm saying, everything's going to be fine. I will not kill you. I will not kill you. But if you hurt that girl, I, I will, will kill, kill you. you. Right. <laughs> and the guy is starting to calm down and Connery is working his magic. Right. right? And then Montone drops out of the ceiling. Okay. Well, uh, uh, th- okay, okay. Go, go ahead. ahead. So he, he draw, And so this whole situation, they're like, open the door. He right. gets the thing. The door is open. At the same time, Montone drops down from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And instead of saving the guy, Montone just blows shoots, him away. Blows yeah. him away. Shotgun to the chest. Takes him out. Right. And Sean Connery goes, what the fuck was what that? Did you do that? Fuck. Yeah. Right. We just solved this problem. And the guy's a nice guy. He's like, I don't know. I turned. I saw the knife. I and, saw it, the- and you're like, oh, I guess so. I don't know. That was yeah, weird. That was weird, right? And, and then Conrad's like, "I don't, I don't like this. Some, something, something's, something's weird." Up. And then he realizes that, like, there's okay. At this point, he's going down to meet uh, Francis Sternhagen, oh my. the the doctor for Con uh, Con Am Twenty Seven. Right. So she is the doctor for this this location. Right? And incidentally, this is also. Uh, uh, my mom, <laughs> my mom was exactly this person. Really? Was, like, absolutely. 100% my mom. This is the most, uh, stern, uh, abrupt, blatant. Yeah. She's a, she's uh, a rough character, man. Fucking point. Yeah. I love this character. Oh, she's, she's one of my favorite characters in film history. Frances Sternhagen in this. She's, uh, she steals the movie. Yeah. She's like, if, a, if, if she was not in the movie, this movie would be like, Three grades lower. Yeah, she is like she is a uh, skinny, uh, sort of like uh, lanky, haggard, like fifty. She definitely has something a Cape Cod lady feel about no, her. She does. She does. <laughs> you know what I mean? She does. And uh, like she is a she's a maybe mid fifties woman or something like this. And she is she's just fucking had it with everybody. Like yeah. she is like she's like like everybody else, like Sean Connery and like with Peter Boyle. It's like I don't she's, give a shit. She's at the end of a rope. Like I'm not a good doctor. I'm at the shittiest station in yeah. in the solar system. Because she drinks a lot. Drinks a lot. Yeah. She drinks a lot. She even says like it's like I, I am I am one shuttle trip away from a malpractice suit because I work in this crappy station. Yeah. Like the the It's like the, most of what I do is to make sure that everyone has their chill pills yeah. and that the prostitutes don't have syphilis. Yeah, and that's my whole job. That's my job. That's, I don't get yeah. mixed up in anything. Yeah. Right. And, and But she plays it straight with everybody. And obviously everyone hates her because she's mean. Right. <laughs> she's, she's like, she's like I she's don't, just fuck yeah. off. I don't give a shit. And she'll say it to your face. And Sean Connery like starts like saying, no, you're going to start fucking doing your job. I need some help on here. And and he has one of my favorite Connery lines. He was like, you're going to do this or else – I'm going to kick your nasty ass all over this room. (laughs) (laughs) 
And he says it to a woman, which is awesome. Yeah, but then he says, that's my form of a, a joke. Yeah, because uh, yeah, she's like, uh, take two aspirin, call me in the morning. That's a doctor joke. And he's like, yeah, I'll kick your nasty ass all over this room. That's a Marshall joke. <laughs> that is such a good line. But like, it sets up such uh, like serious respect between the two. Because I also think Frances Sternhagen could be basically take him out. Like, she is so wiry yeah. and so driven in this movie. And she's so wise. Yeah, she's just – she's fucking fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and like, her key line, her, like, entire character describing line for me is, like, someone – Connery says something like, are you sure about that? And she goes – I'm unpleasant. I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. yeah, I love that. That was a really good. She but is, let's let's she, let's go through the the, uh, the that point is like basically like he's starting to go. It's like, well, how many of these random suicides happens? Like it happens here all the time. It's like, yeah, it's a okay. fucking hard job. Come on, it's a fucking people, hard job. People do stupid and it's shit. Like, okay, and... well, just can you give me a number? And he's like, you know. And then he basically gives her a random like, all right, fine, I'll get I get that number to you, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and then. Uh, so she's – as all these things are happening and then she's looking at the stuff, the situation, uh, she basically says like, well, it's like uh, in the last six months we've had 28 of these random suicides. Right. Before that we had 22 or something like right. that, right? She's like, there. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, how much and, and he goes – it's like – I was like, oh, good. He's like, you're being programmed. He's like, uh, you, you want to ask me how much we had before that? And he goes, how many? And he goes, two. Yeah. And he goes, what? And he goes, two. Are you sure? And he goes, I'm unpleasant. <laughs> I'm unpleasant. I'm not stupid. I can count. I can count. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it wins my heart every time that And lights. it's such a good plot line because, yeah. you know, the fact is, like, that's a good way to deliver that information without mm-hmm. being too dramatic and yep. make it kind of like, huh. Yeah. Like, yeah. that. he sees, okay, he's on to something. Like and, and like, she's straightforward enough to give him the information, but you don't know if she's like going to help him. Like, right? She's not. She's like, I don't want to. You know, she. Everyone. Everyone at the. Everyone at the station is essentially of the same opinion. Like, I don't want to rock the boat because it's dangerous. Right. Right. And so she's in that situation. O'Neill's in that situation. But she doesn't actually know anything. Right. Like she's she, she's like that's weird. Right. That's weird. that's weird. But so she's he, also like. I've got a shitty job. I'm a fucking medic on the, and she lays it out on the playbook. Right. Like I'm a medic at a stupid mining yeah. company. Yeah. In one middle practice suit against nowhere in yeah, the universe. Right. Yeah. And like, and, and so, while they're having this conversation, mm-hmm. very importantly, there he's in front of all the, the morgue mm-hmm. where he's pulling out all the trays to see where all the bodies are. Right. And they're all empty. Right. And he's like, where are all the fucking bodies? He goes, they, did you not do any autopsies? He's like, well, when a body explodes, there's not much to there's not do much, an autopsy not on. Not much yeah. to do an autopsy on. Yeah. But the guy, the guy got shot in the chest. The guy got shot in the chest. We can check him out. And the chance, the thing is, his body's not there. Yes, right. So, you know, cut forward. He finds the body in in a cooler, somewhere. essentially in a meat locker. In a meat locker, right? Like it's been it's been hidden away. It's been hidden away to to, to be to be flown off world. Like just get this fucking thing out of here. Yeah, or, or burial at sea, burial at sea, as right. they call it, right? right? And so he takes a syringe and basically tries to get a blood sample right. of him, right? And takes it to her, right. just Stay like right. say, let's check this out. And she does a test on it. She does it, and actually that. Her lines as she's going through the blood trying test to figure it out, yeah, yeah, are brilliant because yeah. she also exposes the fact that she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, like they don't suddenly make her super smart. 
Like, yeah. She's like, I'll, I know I don't know how to analyze a new molecule. Yeah, this I don't is know ridiculous. what the fuck's going on. Yeah, like I can do my best here. And only by working it and working it and working it and working it does she finally get a handle on it. And she goes, wait a minute. I see what this is. It's polydichloric euphemol. Right. Those stupid bastards are taking polydichloric euphemol. And the reason why I know that word so well is not only did I see this movie many times. Right. In Terminator 2, polydichloric euphemol is the giant explosive barrels that kill um, uh, Dyson when he sets off the building. When he sets up Oh, the, my God. Really? And so Cameron – What is also, that? It is not, it's made up. It's made up for Outland. Okay. Cameron is also a giant fan. Of Outland, uh, <laughs> and that's so great. so later on when I say not only does I, uh, Outland borrow from Alien, uh, when I watched it this time I was like this obviously influences Aliens. Like there's stuff in Outland yeah. that isn't in Alien that right. is in Aliens, and right. it's and it, like it very much serves as a design based bridge film. And once I, I watched it with Cameron in mind, once I knew that thing that like Cameron uh, borrowed that same chemical name, mm-hmm. like I was just like. This like it's secretly in one of Nolan's favorite films. It's secretly one of Cameron's favorite films, and like it influenced them both in the movies they chose to make and how they made them. Right, a very very important film for for the both of them. So now it basically turns into it's a drug yeah. movie, right? And, Which is very popular in the eighties. And what does the drug do? The drug is a is an amphetamine, right? It yeah. makes you work really hard, and they are basically capitalizing on this to get their production up. Right, right. But if you've been taking it too long. You go psychotic. You go psychotic and, you know, kill yourself or yep. whatever. And they don't care because yep. as long as they shit. get their shit done, yep. everyone gets a bonus. And more money, more key. money. That's more that. money, more money. That is that. That yeah. is that. So Connery figures this out and he's going to go after the guys he saw dealing the drugs. Right? And, and then he pretty much figures out that the guys dealing the drugs work for the guy, Peter Boyle. Who owns the station. Who owns the station. And as he figures this out very quickly, mm-hmm. this is, goes very he quickly. He doesn't own the station. Well, he doesn't own the station. He's the he manager runs, of the station. He runs the, the station. station. He's he the, runs yeah, the, the station. Yeah. He as he figures this out very, very quickly, he goes to confront Peter Boyle, right. who goes, so what you want? Yeah, how much what's, you want? What's, your, what's your take? Because yeah. this is what everyone else does. <laughs> like, he's not mad. He's, not he's, mad. A, he's a little annoyed. Yeah. Like, why do you have to put on a big oh, fucking okay. show so when you're you just going to ask for money? You now figured it out that yeah. this is going on. Okay. Right. You have a lot of leverage. How much money do you want? Yeah. Give, give me give me whatever you need. Right. You know? Right. And so it's like, that's no, – I don't want money. Right. I want to justice. I want – and I was like – like, I'm going to bust you. You're either you, stupid. You have, you have, you have yeah. two choices. You're either stupid or you want more money. Yeah, exactly. If you want more if you want, if, if you want more money, you're yeah. good. If you don't want more money, you're really stupid. Yeah. And then Sean Connery was like – then I'm really stupid. Which point is, <laughs> that's a very dangerous position right. to be in. Right. Because Sean Connery has chased down uh, one of the drug dealers. Right. And captured him. Yes. And he has them in a holding cell. In a zero-gravity holding way, cell. By the way, Which makes guy, no fucking sense that he's guy, in a zero-gravity holding well, gra- cell. Yeah, but, but it's awesome. That's Visually, all it's awesome. standard. That's yeah. all standard. Like, yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's great sci-fi baloney. Like, they have anti-gravity or artificial gravity somehow. And they keep people sure. in prison in a float – like floating in zero-G in prison, which I think is fucking awesome looking. Right. Uh, whether it makes any sense or not. And, uh, <laughs> but it, that guy that they busted really – I was like, is that Colin Hay? He looked like the lead singer. Oh, yeah, right. He does. For Men at Work. Yeah. And I was so, like, wait, it does. Yeah, it's so 
funny. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I like that. I love that dude. And I'm just going to, I'm going to talk about it more later. That's the greatest fucking foot chase I've ever seen in a it's movie. It's really beautiful. Oh, it's yeah. so good. It's so good. Let's talk about it later. That I'll talk set about it piece was, I can't tell you how beautiful it is. It's so stupid, One of the though. Like, where the fuck are you going to run? That, well, that's, that's, that you can only lose people because it's so complex. Like, he's but running. you're not going to lose people. There's only a thousand people there. Yeah, like, he, he's like, he can hunt. I wonder like, if it's like, just stop. Yeah, At like, some point, he's trying to like, run into He's this just person. a wild animal running. Like, he's like, what? He's going to, like, if he gets caught, he's really fucked. Like, he's going to do his best to try he's to gonna get run. away. He's going to run. He's going to run. Like, he's not going to go, you know, logically, it doesn't make any sense for me to run. He's going to be like, fuck this. I'm going to try and run, get him on a corner and that stab him to death fryers. and then get away with it. Get like fryers. He can, if he could, yeah, if he can, the Dipping thing is, if he can, if he can get him, say, into a fight close quarters with a knife and kill Sean Connery, he knows that Peter Boyle will back him up. That's right. Like, he's home free if he can do it right. He's running because Plus, he knows the ultimately way, Peter Boyle will back him up. That stuff is so expensive. So he's carrying a bag of that or a oh, couple yeah, bags? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, he's like, he wants to, he wants to either uh, save this stuff or destroy it. He doesn't want to destroy it because it's so much money, but like, he wants to keep it because it's so much money. Right. And he wants to get into, a, he wants to get himself into a position where if he kills Sean Connery, Peter Boyle will cover this shit up. Like that's that's basically that guy's goal. Yeah, they know moment. they're safe because yeah. everybody kowtows to him. The forklift yeah. operators, everybody, 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 it's all rehearsed, yeah. and so it's just everyone's yeah, I mean, greased. Like, yeah, exactly. Like this is this is great. Like like this is seventies through early eighties. You know, like uh, it, I mean, it's like it the, really the fucking evil corporation stuff, and it's fantastic. It's right. absolutely fantastic. Very yeah. alien too. Oh yeah, super oh my different. god, super a lot different. of borrowing from alien yeah. on this one. So like, we like we we he has that guy in the holding cell. He has talked to Montone and said, like, listen, I know you're dirty also, right? I know you killed that dude to try to hide the fact that he's jacked up on drugs, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna cut you a break. All you do is just keep on, you know, pretending to be Peter Boyle's toady or whatever. Right. Right. I'm going after Peter Boyle. And Montone's like, Why? Like you're just gonna get fucking killed. Don't right. be an idiot. Play ball. Right? And uh, the next scene goes to talk to Peter Boyle, and then he goes back to the um, holding, cell. holding cell, and the dude has been killed in the cell, and blood is floating in midair. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, and then he goes to tell Montone, and Montone has also been killed. Right. <laughs> so you like you know that like because the last thing is like he's like keep an eye on this guy. He tells Montone keep an eye on this dude. Right. And the moment Sean Connery leaves, you're like. Montone's going to betray him. And then you see the guy's dead, and you're like, oh, Montone betrayed him. And then Great you're like, way, too. His tongue is purple. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, so oh, good. the hanging was, so good. was like, oh, it, oh, it's very graphic. Yeah, it's really nasty. Uh, and uh, so his semi friend dies. And now it's basically him and Francis Sternhagen are the only one. That's, she's the only one she, that he can trust. And Peter Boyle has decided. By the way, to he does him. Montan or whatever. He does confront him playing a uh, racquetball. Oh, great! It's also a great scene. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the great racquetball scenes besides <laughs> uh, Splash. Yeah, it's true, <laughs> tip top racquetball scene. That, right. Like, I would say this. This is this is. Oh, let me. Like, what would we say? Top top three. Top three. Top three. Top three. There it is. And so you have. Uh, I don't have my racquetball scenes memorized. Great, greatest uh, greatest golf indoor golf scene and. Second or third greatest uh, racquetball scene in this film. It's yes. really amazing. So the yes, we should note that there is a uh, very specifically as he's talking to Peter Boyle in his office, mm -hmm. he is playing a version of golf against a screen. Yes, which is it's like a projection screen. It's a projection screen, right. and the idea, and this is a common thing now. Now it's actually well known, but 
back in 1981, this was like really cool stuff. Yeah. Where basically it was science fictional back then. Right. He's he's got a he's got a golf club and he's got a golf ball and he's hitting it as hard as possible against a screen. Right. And the screen interprets that swing and projects it onto this fictitious golf course. Right. So it playing. draws a little white ball on the projection of the golf course. Right. So it feels like kind of you're playing golf. Right. The brilliance of that gag now is that when it came out, that was high tech. Now it's like shitty low tech. Right. And it makes it even better. Like now right. it looks so desperate and lonely. Like it's such – it's just a shitty little crap game. But <laughs> at know? its time, I mean, oh, at its time it was it was dynamic. But now that now it feeds even to me it feeds more into you're Peter right Boyle's because now character. that you're like, if if I was actually playing that shit in space, I was like, this is about the loneliest thing I could do. Yeah, I want to fucking die. Is what he's like. He's thinking I want to die. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like, you're absolutely awesome. right. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, but back then it was like he's a power player. He's a power player. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. And, because and, and, and because he gets gol- the, golf is what executives do. Yeah, right? but but in, but in both cases, golf, he is, golf looking at is the it. symbol of 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 uh, manager uh, yes. like people, the, the the mid-level elite. You know, right? And like he's yes. uh, and he's and and in both cases he is. He is. He gets to look out onto a green world. Like that is his green world, right? Right. And uh, that nobody else gets to have. And it's a crappy projection in a shitty little office with a bad rug. Like that's my favorite bit about this movie. It's just like he's not some sinister, you know, cackling superpowered anybody. He literally just has. He's a union boss. Yeah, he's just a union boss. It's just not. And he and he has. He barely has any leverage himself. That's right. You know, like he's just he's just a guy. And yeah. so when even when he hires assassins to kill Sean Connery, like the the guy who's getting the assassins for him is giving him fucking sass. Like everybody right. he's just like oh, Yeah, like, he just is low He's he's just a he's, he's just a, a shitty he's player. A, he's a middleman, right? He's a middleman. And so he's just like, All right, now you're gonna go after Marshall O'Neill and the guy's like better not fuck this up you know what right. the hell are you doing over there everything's got like, out of if control you fuck this up we're sending another batch and they're going after you yeah i mean he's pinched like boyle is pinched right like there's no way out for him like he's got to kill connery right or he's dead he right. will be killed but he thinks like if if that threat weren't there like if connery dies or doesn't like wh- whatever happens at the end of the movie peter Boyle probably you know gets just kicked off to another world. Right. But it's because of that line when the guy's like, we are coming for you if you fuck this up. Like, you know, he's doesn't matter what happens now. He's doomed. So like, it pretty much get it gets right. figured out. Mm-hmm. Sean Connery figures out that they're sending assassins for him. Right. There is, uh, in the movie, The Cell, uh, it, which is like one of the only plot points that makes it sense for this uh, uh, um to be in space mm-hmm. the shuttle comes at once a week right it's like right? a stagecoach it's like a stagecoach right. yes it's yeah. very western like yeah. right so the, the 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 shuttle comes once a week and on the next shuttle they're the going to show they're going to show up with assassins right. and he pretty much figures out there's assassins after him right now Sean no because he listens to the recording yes he listens exactly. to the recordings right. which is which is fine so he knows that assassins are coming after him he also Peter Boyle pretty much spreads the word across the entire. Yeah. Don't mining. help this dude. You uh, let the assassins come. Let the assassins and come and kill their kill him. Yep. And no one. And this is where it really draws from high noon. This, like, this is, is where it's, like, everyone, everyone calls this high noon in space. It's not really high noon in space until the last third, but then it is one hundred percent high noon because right. like it, it is the 
nobody in the town is going to yeah, help, help him. him yeah. like, that's right. the end of that. Right. And uh, and the only one he can count on is Francis Sternhagen. And the the like there's and a high noon. Yeah, you know, like yeah, because you like in like in what high noon you got uh, Grace Kelly. Right. And uh, uh, God, who like who's the who's the bad guy in High Noon? I can't even remember. Shoot, it's uh, it's not coming to me. But anyway, the uh, but like he is totally screwed. His men can't help, won't you know can't count on his men. Like he even says, yes, like it, it's yeah. a sort of, it's sort of a great play because usually like they put um uh, uh suspicion on Francis Sternhagen as being maybe she's the weak link who will betray him, but right. they don't do that. Like they go to like. His one of his uh, they're like the only guy that's left that's helping that helping out like his this, new this, sergeant his, his new, new sergeant, sergeant who takes over the guy Montan. Yeah, yeah like he's just like he he asks him basically straight up and says are you gonna help me or are you gonna fuck yeah me? and he's like and he's like I, I got a family dude and he's like yeah I got a family too and he's like well. <laughs> like he's just like I am not going to help you out. Like, yeah. But the, the but they but they. There's uh, a pure, they, beautiful honesty with all yeah, those guys. It's, oh it's totally God. great. Like I, he's he's sorry that he's not going to help. I'm like, but I'm not going to help you. I can't help you. It's too much of a risk. Uh, but what's great is that Francis Sternhagen doesn't know that that guy uh, is going to fuck him, and that's why she gives up the information as to where he is. Like she thinks that he's a trustworthy. That character is trustworthy when he's not trustworthy. We've already learned that he's not trustworthy. Right. And the guy's like, "Where is he?" And that's when Francis Sternhagen thinks, "Oh, I'll just give him more help." And then he's he in the get, garden or whatever, the, yeah, whatever it is. And then and she uh, and uh, accidentally gives up the information that sends that guy out after him as well. Right. So he uh, Sean Connery has to fight off three uh, assassins, professional assassins. professional assassins. He's assisted by Francis Sternhagen. Right. And now. Uh, some of the like I would say that the one weakness of the movie is that the assassins clearly don't know how space works. <laughs> well, honestly speaking, uh, the whole uh, and this is just the whole like chasing the assassins part in a movie mm-hmm. was the weakest. That's part, the weakest bit. It's the weakest gag, which is the crux of the movie. Yeah, like the movie is jam packed with so many other great set pieces, and this is the one where it's like, yeah, it's okay, it's fine. You know, I it's didn't kind of like fun. it at all. I was yeah. like, I was oh. so disappointed well, with the, the chase. The thing that I like about part. it is I like how Connery and Sternhagen sort of team up. Yeah, uh, that, that was part's, good. That part's but the great. Exterior it's, stuff with her was, in it. Yeah. Every single part of with her in it is fantastic. Yeah. The exterior stuff was a little bit like Moonraker. Yeah, it's a little shaky. It's no doubt shaky. It yeah, was like because like, they're doing that. They're doing that uh, new um, at the time uh, rear projection technique that doesn't yeah. really fly. You know, like the screen looks a little bit dusty. Okay, and uh, like interesting this. fact about that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I looked up some trivia on this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the DP on the movie uh, was really pissed off. Because Himes wanted to shoot it himself. He shot it himself. Yeah, Himes shoots all of his own stuff. Right? And, this is, yeah, this is, and the only reason oh. he hired the DP was right. to make sure the, the projection system was working properly. <laughs> so, so he's just like, just make sure the gear works. And so he was really pissed off. because it's so bad. And the only it's reason so he didn't quit the movie is right. because he was a young guy. Oh, right. Right. And he said it would fuck my career if I just quit in the middle yeah, of so the Who was it? Yondabon? Some, 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 some young guy at the time. I didn't I come to the, like, really, I didn't even know that somebody else – I only knew that 
Haim's old has only ever shot his own stuff. Right. Uh, so and so basically, yeah. he was really pissed off. He's like, if I had known this is the reason That's I was hired funny. was just to make sure the rear protection system was working. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, apparently, he boycotted the rap party. And oh it no! Like really? Big, yeah. yeah it's it's a big deal. Anyway, that rear protection system was like eh, dodgy. It's a, little, it's a little hanky. It's it's okay for the time, but it's not. Oh, that it's great. good. Great yeah. for the time, yeah. probably. Yeah, like yeah. it's be, it's better than crappy it, blue screen. Like it's better than a, like a like a hard matte edge blue screen. Yes. Um. But it it doesn't doesn't totally work, and all the outside stuff where he's just fighting guys is like it's just a regular shitty action movie. At it's point. totally Moonraker, where yeah. that uh, in space, it just the way this it just it doesn't the, feel right. It doesn't feel yeah. right. The other thing, I'm a question. I'm going to ask you a question, mm-hmm. Dan. How old do you think Connery is in there? Oh God, I don't know. I would say he's probably late forties, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'd say late forties, fifty, fifty one. Yeah, probably. And then, like, he and looks fo- great. Yeah, well, then what's nice is that for the most he looks part, almost as good as Eric. Yeah, well, no. Okay, but here comes the douche. I'm just okay. saying, no, the point is, is I was trying to figure. I, I, I was thinking, trying to think how old he was, right? Because it was a very physical performance on a lot of this stuff. Well, and, oh, and, yeah. and I would say for the most part, like they lean into the fact that he is no longer um, a spry young man, and like it adds tension that he's like. You know, he's he's huffing and puffing a little bit, and I think that's pretty great. And a couple of times, well, like in the chase scene, like he's beard. like he can't keep up with that guy. He's got a little bit it. of white yeah. in his beard. He's got yeah. Yeah, and it, it adds By a lot. By the way, of drama. that kitchen fight scene was that also in like uh, Point Break? Yeah, basically. I mean, this the surfing I think, one yeah. where they yeah, that's where that's from. Right? Dip it in his head into the fryer. Yeah. They try to. I think, that's, I think that's Point Break. But yeah, no, it's it's a great. That scene is fucking great. That whole scene is great. The kitchen scene is great. The chase scene. Is I great. was like. Really stress. Okay, so just to get the the, the guy, uh, the guy who's trying to who's hiding dries, he's being chased in the kitchen chase scene, mm-hmm. which we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he hides in there, and then at one point, he's like kind of trapped and decides to dump the drugs into a pot Bo- of boiling soup. pot of soup. <laughs> at which point. Sean Connery puts his fucking hand into, in the soup in yeah. the soup to try to retrieve drug, which he does. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Oh man, it's, that makes me wince every time. Like, oh god. And, the, and the, this, the way that's shot, that's and great. his reaction on his face, as and you know, it's all faked in movies, but yeah. like you feel it's like, great. oh, that's no, don't so put your fucking hand physical, in the fucking yeah, it's so good. They play it so well, it's and then, so well done because like the 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 thing that's missing at the end in the in the last action scenes is like they don't really get on top of like the. The the characters, the assassins, they look like badasses, but they don't act like badasses. Yeah, they're, they're they're not that threatening. They're not they're not really threatening. They don't know. They they don't well, hold on a second. What was threatening about them was their tool set, because right. it had that ability to focus, and it was like sight, you know, the special sights and so yeah, forth yeah, on yeah. these like, weapons. Right. I'm wondering if they were and like they were really stupid because they fucking fired weapons. I'm wondering, like, yeah, open exactly. up the- well, doesn't doesn't really work. Doesn't the, that that bit, like I like what you're saying, Eric. Like, Go ahead, like sorry, there's Eric. There, there's there's novelty to what they're about for sure. Do you think that possibly they did this because maybe executives said, "Man, we're so claustrophobic. We're in these guys in Let's the sh- showers and right. all this stuff. Can we just open it up a little right. bit? Do the chase scene wider? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it could have just yeah. been straight. Because I it thought feels- the good gritty stuff was when they were firing him and he's going through dark hallways. Right. Right. Oh, man. Because oh, like, so you think you think is uh, like the the chase scene that we really loved 
where he's chasing the guy through the kitchen and onto mm-hmm. the canteen right. and everything else was so successful. It, it hurts the, this. It hurts this All part. the other stuff yeah. was shot wider because you wanted to make it well, feel no, like No, it space. just seemed yeah. like everything was so uh, interior right. that after a while you're like – open up a little bit because right. it's so and claustrophobic. A, I think you're right. And I think actually I, w- I would say that that's actually a good point, that's a, that's a, I would say that that's a Disappointing? good point. No, interesting point. Yeah. No, you, I, it seemed like a decision somebody right. else made. Well, well, I, I see I, what you mean. Absolutely. Because everything I, arrived is through the sorry is through the camera. You absolutely. see the guys come on the screen. Right. Everything's like this interior gritty Everything's dark tight, world. Then all of a sudden the they said, no, right. let's put them in the let's garden. And right. and right. then now these guys are out of their element. This, and I think you, you, you hit it on the head because the problem I have really with that last bit isn't that it's poorly done it's sort of like mediocre done it's like not not great it's that it's all suddenly just about the novelty of these guys when like it's just sort of like isn't that clever and isn't this a neat little thing to have like we'll kill him by having the the window explode and i'm like this seems cheap now like everything exactly. else everything else seems totally physical and real and right. thought through so it's 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 almost like they added that on yeah it feels just it feels because they up. felt claustrophobic yeah so i i, I yeah i i, uh, I hate let's it. make this feel like space again yeah it feels like a, it feels like a bad 80s space movie at that point it's not it's not the worst i can i can i deal with it and i go like well this is the best part of the movie that's okay and they get their shit back together by the end you know like they, they sort of like they have this sort of like mediocre moment um but then when uh o'neill finally uh you know, pulls it all together and and confronts you know uh, uh, Boyle and and all that. Like it sews up well, right. right? And and relatively quickly, right? And uh, and there's a great last scene with him and Sternhagen. You know, where you feel like you know, like they like they have earned their friendship more than any other uh, friendship that has sure. that I've seen in a, in a film of that period. You know, and because like most of the time when you see a buddy movie, a buddy cop, like the the buddiness is already sort of like. But did preset. they resolve anything really? No. Well, the things what sort of what I like about the movie is like you don't really know what happens to O'Neill. Like you know that he goes back, he's taking the ticket and going back with back, his wife. Back to his wife, right? But that's a little like like I don't know if I believe that that's going to work out. Like that's like they leave it open ended and it's sort of an up it's upbeat but because. Like, because you don't see there, them together, like I the, feel like where's the law at that yeah. point? Right? Yeah, like I, I'm like this feels. I I don't think this works out for him for like like because th- they can still kill him at any point. Yeah, they want like to. he's still either in danger or he's going to get fucked harder by the corporation, which is everywhere, right? Right, and like I can't imagine that's going to be great for their family. So it feels like it has an upbeat swing, but I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen with those guys, right? And uh, and what I really love is the even though you know that Boyle will be killed by the mob, but you don't get to see Boyle get killed by the mob. It's like you just go like, well, maybe that works out, maybe it doesn't. And it's just sort of like, and instead of like we're gonna shoot the dude off the balcony or something like this, like you just you just go, nope. Yeah, there's very little resolve in that. No. Like what really. Yeah. Happen to all it the just, characters. It just, he just punches Boyle out. and then right. it just fades. Right. Like right. by punching Boyle, that's the end of it? No. Yep. That's not the end of it. Yeah. Like I, re- I really feel like there's like, like it's, it's, it's very He's satisfying to me. But it's satisfying to an audience because basically, just to, to, to let people know, like the whole situation happens. Peter Boyle is sitting at the fucking saloon right. pretty much. Right. Right. And then, you know, everyone knows that what's going on. Right. They're all in the saloon because they're, and they're just, imagining that Connor is going to get killed. They're basically like in the saloon, pretending nothing's happening, right? But they really know what's going on. And then Connery comes into the fucking saloon and he's not killed, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, 
Here he is. And he just strolls up the fucking boil. He strolls up to boil and punches him in the fucking face. Knocks him in the fucking face, man. And it's great. And the thing is, like, it's great because it adds the literal punchline, right, that you want for that story. Right. But because it's not a kill, right, like it has for me this very very satisfying uneasiness about the fact that they don't kill him. Like, I was like, okay. I feel like story-wise we landed. Right. But it's still open enough that I'm like – I'm not. I'm not happy. Right. And then, and so the movie's like, and then they lived happily ever after. I'm like, oh, I don't really know. This 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 situation in the setting like are too that. bleak. Yeah, I think no. That's what I'm saying is I think it's great. Like it's such an unusual uh, because they play it totally happy, but the the background thoughts I'm having are like we're momentarily happy. Like this is that this is a happy ending because we're stopping the movie here. But if we played it for another two months, like I think he's probably divorced or you know like. He's been strangled. I know. <laughs> like, that's probably what happened. Well, yeah. I am super excited that you suggested this movie. It's it it's great. It's great. <laughs> this Flaws movie. And all. This movie is uh, is uh, a really fun movie. Fantastic performances. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, really great. This is not a heady movie at all. No, no, no. Very visceral. Very straightforward. Yep. Simple. Everyone, everyone can enjoy this movie. Good graphics. Good yeah. on-screen oh, great. graphics. Yep. Yep. Great on-screen so graphics. So let's start with the, the thing that dominates the movie, which is the production design. Oh, like, yeah. Holy fucking shit. Like, yes. th- is there – like, I would say this – for me, uh, in terms of what, they, what everyone says now, world building, like, I don't think there's any movie that world builds as well as Outland. Like, it is such a complete mm. universe. It's insane. Okay. First of all, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But the exteriors, yes. Uh, it looks like, you know, I just – a couple of years ago, I worked on this show called Orville. Mm-hmm. Okay. Orville, yeah. Yep. It's, it's, on, it's on TV. Have you seen the show? It's no. great. It's a great show. It's yeah. literally a great show. Sure. Um, and so <laughs> – It's uh, a great show. I'm not, I'm not, being, I'm not being funny. It's, a, yeah. it's an actually a great show. Yep. And um, <laughs> yeah, nod, nodding. And but the exterior cities look just like that. Yeah. Right. So the exteriors to me were model esque, and it was it wasn't as um, beautiful design as like Alien. It's yeah. No, oh. I, I, won't, I won't say it's as beautiful as Alien. I agree. But the interiors were better looking in some areas than Alien. I think that for me, like I think that the, the they were the stark. Yeah, like the 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 yeah, but the, the basic utility of it is like Blade Runner. I actually right. think some of that influenced Blade Runner. Oh, good point. Because good point, like yeah. the guy with the knife yeah. um, is like Batty. Even though I think Batty, Roy, Batty, and Pris from Blade Runner come mm. from uh, Derek Jarman's Jubilee. Oh yeah, it totally is Jubilee. You're it's absolutely awesome right. Awesome felt. Yep. I've always felt like Ridley Scott saw that at some festival at '78 yeah. and was like Jubilee. Incidentally, in it's available on the Criterion Channel, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It's see, so cool. You, well, we'll so you watch wacko. them go into the coffee shop. Yeah, that's Batty and Pris going to that guy's house, and they stick pulls the egg out of the house. Oh yeah, right. Right, yeah. uh, the guy that uh, played another chess. hand in the boiling water. Bit. Yes. Yeah, 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 there it is. And so it's like I feel like oh, from Blade Runner. Blade yeah, from Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah, I feel like some of those scenes, scene. like um, the tension and the guy, like with a the nudity of the girl, the hooker there, the yep. prostitute. 
there was a lot of that fleshy kind of um, the tones, the red. It was Absolutely. really erotic. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I wonder if, if, if Scott had seen this because like, he must have been shooting Blade Runner essentially at that time. Like he was in production on This came out in 81. Right. So Blade like, Runner didn't come out to what, 82, 83? 82. It was late 80, I think late 82. But like uh, he must have three. He was in uh, he was in production. Like he was. I'm, I'm sure that like there's a chance that he would have seen this movie just prior to shooting. Well, here's the deal. Right. If they shot it in London, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, I feel like they did for they some reason, did. because oh, the, Outland. Yeah. It seems like they did, and I we could check it up. I'll have my uh, my I, I, research some people team. claim they shot it in London because they spelt Marshall with two L's. No, I felt I, like the fonts. Yeah, I, the I, fonts were like, I am and some of the graphics they used for like the, for the, for the show, like the whole space area, right. like behind him. And one of those I showed right. you guys earlier. It just seems very European yeah, yeah. kind that of fonts. Font. I love that. The and it's font, just like right. there's. I could be wrong, but I just was like, and so if they shot it at Pinewood, yeah, then, it's, it's Elstree or it's Pinewood. Yes, or so like they that, shot yeah. it there. You're probably using the same members of the art department and yeah. there's well it like it certainly has like uh the like, whole laser projection thing yeah. that seems very much along the lines of alien or whatever, so like yeah because right? they have like so many this is what I, this is what i think is like i think that uh, a friend of mine said this a long time ago i'm not sure like if i can say this the right way like he wasn't as big uh, a fan of outland as I. i'm a super fan of outland but uh, like what he said about it really stuck with me is he goes it's like he's just like oh it's just a shitty western and i was like yeah but it's great and he's like he's like yeah, okay. So it's it's essentially like if someone in 1940 made a science fiction movie about the 1990s and got it and just got it completely accurate and it was totally real. Like and so you just like and so you're watching a movie that is that's like essentially like it is a this is a you're watching how can I say it? Like it is a cop movie in the world of Outland. Like it's a, like it's a, it's a it's a pretty good cop movie in the world of Outland that you're watching. The setting is a real place, and there's no arguing that in the movie. You just go, yeah, it's totally real, and I buy. Yeah, all but this. that's the thing that you get in Blade Runner, and you think it's Blade Runner really set some of that in motion. Like Blade Runner has a lot of the sets, you feel like there's a purpose to every knob. Oh, without a doubt. and drawer. I, but I, I, I yeah. feel like in this movie, prior to that, yeah. Prior to Blade Runner, this it totally nails it because right. everything right. had a function. Like, like all I, those I think, worker I think that, quarters, right? right. And that's that's a character. Yeah, that's the sets the, the, are a character. That's exactly right. And then you are all of a sudden you believe everything. You yep. believe that this guy's going to be fucking cuckoo, yep. taking a, a, like a spider's on him, yep. and he's jacking up on drugs because. Yep. I got to sleep next to some fat guy with a foot fungus, yeah, you know, and then work 18 exactly hours a day. Right. Yeah. And so, yes, everything is believable. And that was one of the first, the first movie, but there are movies, at least for me, because I'm 41. Yeah, um, almost. M- almost. Um, and it's basically where the world is so engrossing. Not only is it a character, but you believe everything you see because yeah. it seems real. Yeah, absolutely. And because uh, I think that like there's a, I there's think a lot of like, pardon me. I'm yeah. sorry. Because realize that's 80, 81, uh-huh. 79, 80 was Flash Gordon. Yeah, think exactly. about the total the contrast. giant leap that ah. happens. Yeah, like because I will the movies that I'll give credit to for changing, really, really changing science fiction. Right. Uh, it's sort of a, it's a weird list, but this is what I would say. Like Apple uh, Dumpling Gang, Apple Dumpling Gang, and the and the cat from space. Oh, oh my God! You know yes. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Exactly. And Escape from okay. Witch Mountain. A That's bit. one. Escape to Witch but, Mountain. Yeah, yeah. One. Uh, but no, the like clearly 2001 is a giant. You know, mark 
you know, like the, that's a, that's a that's a high watermark. Um, but that is almost ex- exclusively high tech. Everything you see in that is like you're living in the highest high end high tech stuff. All design, all day, all beautiful, right? Um, uh, so I don't give that credit for giving me a believable world to live in. It's just an incredible design experience, right? I believe it as a real place in the movie, uh, but I'm never like on Earth in 2001 like it's a real place outside of it when just, I'm with but the It also was a movie where you think back, it's a really just – a movie about really wealthy people in space. <laughs> it's very true. And it's like the design is great. Yeah. The service is, is so good. good. Yeah, and you get it's this. It's so yeah, good. It's so nice. I mean, you use it. your club. Uh, if your pen, if your pen floats away while you're sleeping, oh. they'll take care of it. For but you. the point it's is, it's problem. totally wealthy people in yes, space. Yes, absolutely. And it's, you're absolutely like, I just want to be, have it's there lovely. were no homeless people. There yeah, it's a, it's, a lo- it's a lovely world. It's a lovely world. And everyone's bored and it's lovely. And, and that's the wonder of 2001. But like 2001 uh, made science fiction uh, uh, serious, you know, like in a real way, uh, for the more or less for the first time. But when things got actually real, the movies I want to credit are uh, Star Wars for all the Tatooine stuff. Oh, yeah. Right? Which is basically like you know, the like bar? indie indie film stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, that's only part of the movie, but it's a strong part of the movie. Uh, uh, Alien, obviously, for making like truckers in space be a real thing. Uh, I took uh, the last of it. Oh, there it is. There I'm it is. sorry. I just took, I realized. You want me to have another bottle? Let me spit um, some up in a cup. I'm going to throw Rollerball out there. Yep. Right? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, rollerball because because like even though like uh, Jimmy Con. Jimmy Con. Fantastic. Jimmy Actually, I wanted to Rollerball on this podcast. Oh, dude, Rollerball ball, roll great. I have some deep, deep memories about yeah. Rollerball. I love, I love, still love Rollerball. And I want to see it again now as a mature adult because yeah. I was very. It's, spoiler alert! Still fucking great. That movie's yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, like because what's what's great about Rollerball is that even though the society in Rollerball is extremely stylized and everything with John Hausman is really weird and like everyone's yeah. dressed up strange, like the earthiness of the game is so realistic and the way it's shot is like a fucking as you're like watching football like it's real yeah. and like there's a tone of reality to this one thing that like you're saying Eric like. Everything else gets grounded by this, yes. and suddenly the unbelievable becomes believable. You believe it. Also, you believe it's so miserable up there that people just want to mind their own business. Yeah, exactly. And okay. So that's why you, I do want to bring up. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. No, no. It's just basically you. You buy it when everyone says, eh, "I can't help you out." I can't help you out, man. I'm I'm, I'm barely keeping my own okay. shit above water. Uh, yeah, you're right. I hundred percent believe that. Now, I want to bring up this point because. This is a friend of mine, uh, Roy Robinson, mm-hmm. who is a director. Mm-hmm. Uh, he directed uh, uh, Last Man on Mars and a bunch of other. Oh, other cool! Stuff, Excellent, right? Yeah. So, um, but he uh, he was sitting around talking about uh, with his friends about how in movies, when there is a franchise, specifically like all the horror films or whatever, whenever they get to the end of a franchise and they're like, oh, we just got to put another fucking movie, yep. they always put them in space. <laughs> yeah, like Jason X. Jason yeah. X or whatever <laughs> yeah, it is, right? Exactly. It's like it's Script all stupid space. things. <laughs> and so it's like, what would be other weird sequels that would be in space, like Jane Eyre in space? Oh, yeah, I've watched that. Shit, right? yeah. And then, and then he came up as like, what if we did something really weird, like like Moby Dick in space? And he goes, mm. Star Trek Two. <laughs> well, actually, no. Uh, he actually said that's actually a good idea. Uh, well, yeah, actually, I mean, I love. I'm a fan of Moby Dick. I've read that book. So many he made times. a teaser called Leviathan. Yes, which is beautifully done. 
Virvidan, and, and has actually been uh, purchased. Yes, yeah, and, and that's real. That's actual. Whale, but that's like space whaling. It's space whaling, <laughs> right? So yeah, you think about the idea. It's like you take you take high noon, right, and you put it in space, that's which true. is what this movie is. Yep, absolutely, right. It's a great idea, mm-hmm. and I love the fact. It's like there's no. It, it's a science fiction film taking place on the moon of Io, but there's nothing weird and science fiction yeah, the, about sci- it. the science fiction nature of it is totally well once you secondary. start dealing with the drugs yeah it's like, just it's a co- it's a cop movie it's a it's a, you know, it's like a that's circumstantial it. like yeah. it's an yeah, environment we're in space, big deal it's just, it, the only thing the science fiction part of it is is to make the environment more hostile right Right, and so like all of this incredible, uh, like this is what's brilliant about it. It's like all of the production design, the uh, the production design is like makes everything just like an alien. Like it feels like a complete lived in place. Yep. Right. Right. And uh, and because of that, like there's a there's a science there's a science fiction nature to it in that like it's definitely built to be in an, a hard environment, and you recognize that. You're on IO or there's spacesuits and shit like that. Like you see that, in it, but it's all integrated into the design. So like, there's no like, there's no showy bits about it. Like it's not like anything looks out of place. Like when you see in science fiction movies, like it's just like here's the big super ro- robot suit. Like it's just everything looks shitty. Everything looks like diving equipment. Right. You know, it's like there's no there's no there's no big wow about but anything. But don't you think it's like when you think about that whole problem, like you remember. From what Eric was saying is like executives are making decisions about doing wide shots into right, space right, situations right, right. or whatever it is. Like when you basically say it's high noon in space, in space, in space, and like that sounds stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds really it sounds like fucking it's stupid. But like it's Annie Hall right. in space because it's it is stupid. But if you, you like, if you think about like they fucking pulled it off in this right. movie. I would totally watch Annie Hall in space. But yes. Yes. No, this is the thing because like if you think about it the wrong way, like if you think about it the wrong way, you think like the reason why um, a Western is good is because of horses, hats, and and, uh, and cowboys. That's like, not what makes it that's good. Not right. what, that's not what makes it good. Like the setting is – the Blacksmith. Yeah, like oh, thank God. Now it's a good movie. We get the, the fucking blacksmith cover. chubby hands. Yeah, exactly. We need prostitutes. Yeah, if we don't have this, definitely it's not, need the hookers. Yeah, like like if you don't if you don't have uh, Jack Elam in this, it's not a western. Yeah, you know. But it's just like the uh, the idea that the setting is like the setting, like you're saying, Eric. The setting is a character in this, right? And the setting in westerns yes. is a character, and so it's a style of interaction. You just but, swap the character, but you're just swapping the character out. And like but the character is the same, just wearing a different exactly. Costume. It's a slightly different costume, and like right. the the achievement of like this is believable a setting as Alien, Blade Runner, Children of Men. Like th- this is this is this level of believability. And I will go one step further because with Alien and Blade Runner and Children of Men, um, because all of the settings in those things are also plot mechanic dependent. You know, like. Blade Runner's setting is an active part of Blade Runner's plot. You know, uh, alien setting that they go to an alien planet and discover an alien is an active part of the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Children of Men, the fact that society is collapsing is visible in every aspect of the plot. Um, this isn't. Like, this is like, this is just a place. And it's real. And because of that, uh, it, has, it carries so much weight 
it's weird. Like the, it doesn't have to. Like your brain, I think, makes this association. Like, why would you go through all of this work to create this incredibly detailed world and then not make it part of the plot line? You right. know, it's science fictionalness as part of the plot line. Right. Um, and because your brain says that, uh, it it believes the world. Like Eric is saying, like you guys go, well, I guess it's a real place. And then suddenly, well, you this, do feel even like not, I'm not. Like when you go and you see shots where guys are just getting out of the shower. Yeah. Or yeah. you're going up and you see people showering and toweling and yeah. reading and books. Just, yeah. Cleaning they're out their of shape ears. and beat up and like and they've been living these yeah, like cages for fucking like years. Like they're, 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 their sleeping quarters are, uh, are, are like, like mouse cage. cages. Yeah. You know? And mouse right. cages, right? right? And they're like, uh, okay. So that's where you sleep, right? And you have you don't have a you don't have a house, you don't have anything else. You right. don't, you're you're like in this in this mouse cage, right? And I was thinking, it's like, well, that's ridiculous. Uh, uh, of course, I'd want to do drugs in this fucking situation. Oh my Look at God. this place. Look and at it's this very place. easy to do it. By the way, they show you how simple it is because you just put the little gun to your leg, yeah, pfft, and that's it. done. Right. And so, like everything you're seeing is like we live, saying, we live in this shitty situation. But I was also like, thinking, here's like, drugs, here's drinking, here's available prostitution, here's like you know, like when we go to the bar, there's like this sort of lazy sex dance that's gone. Yeah, it's just me, like everything my... is like avail. All the primary things are available to you, but they're all just, slightly depressing. Just keep rotoing. <laughs> yeah, you because... just fucking keep grinding. Dining. And the 284 keep, frames. Keep rotoing yeah, is a really exactly, hilarious thing. Exactly. But, but like, I was part of this. like, this is ridiculous. Like, people wouldn't live in this situation. Then I thought, I was like, hold on a second. I've, I've watched those, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Crab, the crabbing shows. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And these, it's fucking, these, yeah, it's the same kind of hell. These guys are like six months at sea. Yeah, absolutely. Crabbing. Right. And, like, it's a shitty life, yeah. but they'll make eighty thousand dollars. It's exactly right. It's, it's exactly, exactly right. The and same like, and they're thing. just and they're just as callous and be, and burnt down, like burnt out. And they have like fucking you know like Playboy playmates later, like these damaged. That's one of my favorite things in this movie. Is like you just casually see someone open their locker and it's just got porn all over the inside, and it's like crumpled, dirty porn. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> this is fucking horrible. Like yeah. everything is horrible here. So yeah. some of the worst of jobs and... that you can see today mm-hmm. um, are the guys that do the uh, deep sea welding. Oh, yeah. That's super dangerous. One of the most dangerous jobs in the world. They make a yeah. shit ton of fucking money. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, they not better. only that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, you know, I think around that time, because I know somebody was talking to me about this about two years ago, and I researched a lot of it. About this Exxon problem in eighty one, mm-hmm. where um, in the decompression chambers, the oh, guy opened this, the wrong door. The dolphin uh, tragedy. Yeah, what this happened? is horrifying. Guy opened the. Was the, that the wrong door? Yeah, the guy yeah. opened the wrong. Yep. Deep- so explain it again. So these guys go under, and I think they go under for four weeks. Yeah, down a thousand feet. High, high pressure. High, high pressure. pressure areas, and they weld. And they go out and do runs of welding for um, areas uh, to for the uh, basically uh, oil rigs right. up on the surface. Right. right. And so they're doing uh, – it's a certain type of settling, arc welding right. type of – and the gas they breathe is a mix of oxygen and – Yeah, it's like – it's something you can only – it's like in it's the abyss. It's just like yeah, you can only – But it's not like, fluid you in your lungs. Right. But it's a certain nitrous mix. Right. right. Because you can't just breathe straight air straight when you're air. under there. Because the Much pressure, pressure is so right. high. Yeah, exactly. It's really so hard. they live off this mixed stuff. By the way, when you're welding and you can just – with the currents, you can just basically 
slice your hand off and that happens sure. you know guys will just like weld their thumb so off it's already dangerous before you yeah, put it yeah so they're doing the water. these runs <laughs> and then they have to go up but they have to get into these basically a decompression like, bell but they're it's not a, just a bell it's like the size not a nuclear submarine but, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a tiny size sub. yeah it's a t- basically the size of a world war 1 sub yeah right? tiny sub and they they're a little bit bigger many many days you have to be in, and I think two and a half weeks, three Is weeks. Two, yeah, yeah. yeah like decompression that. takes a long time. Yeah. Right. So you basically have to do five days. You go to another chamber and sleep. Right. Five days, and then you kind and of work your way so through different chambers. your body to the regular to get to the top. Atmosphere. Right. Right. Not otherwise, to, you you'd boil your blood. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's bad. yes. And one of the things is that you are tethered to a ship and being pulled up by depth every right. five days, and decompressing and uh there is actually another incident that happened 15 years ago where in the indian ocean an iranian uh, a indian joint concern with the iranians they were decompressing Mm -hmm. and it was tethered to the ship a storm came and sunk the ship oh man jesus this fucking shit terrifies me it does it terrifies me so the ship went and the container carrying all the guys went which down. was halfway just yeah. went down and that's that mm. was, so it, they were trapped alive in that that's thing. the indian one that's that one that, yeah, yeah but what happened was is they were halfway oh three quarters and this was 81 in i think off of coast of sweden it, yeah, yeah, it's it was sweden up, or norway it's norway it's in and you can look it up it's the it's they the, have it's different the dolphin disaster. yeah and they have different chambers right mm-hmm. so you're in chamber a for five days right. then it's sh- you're, you walk to B, those are your new living quarters for right. five days. Right. And you have to go through A, B, C, D, E, F, right. different mm-hmm. chambers. Guy opened the wrong chamber door. Yeah. And they all literally In- exploded. Exploded. Like, they, they all just, vaporized. The entire, the entire thing, the whole the – Everybody whole, inside vaporized. Yes. Turned to nothing. To, to just instantaneously, pop, just the, missed the the place exploded. They exploded. Well, no, themselves. the container yeah, ship didn't explode. Yeah, like, they inside, yeah, it's right. because the temperature was wrong. They literally became mist. Yeah, like they just torn apart. And so like, this twenty is, this people, is the scariest shit I've ever, were, ever eighteen people, guys, men, yeah, became mist, and yeah. it was just like liquid yeah. inside. Yeah, that's like, horrifying to me. Like mist. So like yeah, this is the like the, and this it's comes up for me. Scary as shit yeah. to think yeah. about that because like this is the and the thing is like that's, this is the things that 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 makes Eric as nervous as he always. Yeah, I don't blame oh, him. Oh, by the way, I saw where I work out. I watch YouTube videos and I just hit randomly like and you're like because yeah. you I work out every morning. Show me things that are going to make me scared of death. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Well, I <laughs> here's the thing. I, I signed up. No, I signed up. For this thing on my YouTube, and it's these guys who do radio tower work, and they fix radio towers in the Midwest. Yeah. So they climb all the way to the top, right. mm-hmm. and then this helicopter came with something as wide as this, huge Sikorsky, right. and it was low. The last part of a radio tower, and they have to wait there, and then they have to pull it oh, down, God, yeah. and it's literally as wide as this, and it's they terrifying. chunk, and then they put the bolts in. Yeah. But that thing swings around. It'll take your yeah, head wildly. off. It has to swing around, otherwise it'll snap. I'll send you the video. It's yeah. wild. You're like, yeah. what the fuck? My, I mean, that's totally like, I'll do visual effects. It's my, fine. <laughs> it's fine. Exactly. I'll, I'll die slowly this way instead of dying quickly and horribly that way. But like the Quickly, uh, the yeah. worst other job is being <laughs> one of those truck drivers in the Iraq war. 
Oh, Jesus, yeah. Oh, right? Because they, they get out of the green zone, and they got to yeah. go, like, like the, 30 the, miles. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, just, like it's just hot, hot shots. Boom, 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 boom. That was yeah. big pay. You work yeah. for the Blackstone Group? Yeah, Blackwater. Blackwater. Yeah. You get big money there. You can make $220,000. Yeah, neck every single time. You better make money on that. No doubt about it. Yeah, but those underwater guys made the most money. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not sure, like, everyone can fact check the dolphin disaster side. I don't know how accurate my description of that was, but, like, it is, it, no matter what you read, you will have nightmares. It is it's horrible, truly, man. truly horrifying. And it's the kind of thing like Outland to me is like this is for years. If I were to uh, be responsible for directing a remake of something, Outland has been the top slot for my as far as I can remember. See, like, I don't think you can do it again. I would like to. Well, the thing is, like, the, the, I'm with Eric on this one. I, I don't think you can do Outland. Why would again. you want to? I'll tell uh, you why. I'll tell you ahead. why. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. I can't handle it, though. <laughs> Here it comes. Um, it's going to be good. Let's do it. way I feel is, and we've talked about this before, I believe. I can't remember. But the point is, around that time, punk movement came. Mm-hmm. Think about how transformational that was in society. Mm-hmm. Sure. There was definitely a punk vibe to it in terms mm-hmm. of the color and the people and oh, the, yeah, yeah. the grittiness. Yeah. Yep. Today, which you feel a lot more in something like Blade Runner, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it you actually feel like, it in Jubilee. Yeah, Jubilee, Liquid yeah. Sky, and the all point that stuff. is, yeah. today it's like great. You know, you, mm. you see Kardashians like you know blowing dudes on videos, and yeah. it's like, oh, well, this because this is the thing. It's like the the thing that I think is missing in movies now is tang- tangibleness. Like when I see big budget movies, like everything feels the same sort of like non-real like all the like the general sort of comping look of all special effects is sort of dusty and equally exposed across the board it's the color Ev- the colors the color tone looks- of the 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 lights on set right never like, works everything everything looks weird what and if, flat and fake what if you made this movie but instead of being a mining company it was about amazon prime <laughs> yeah basically exactly right you I mean, could totally yeah. make that work yeah absolutely because i mean i think that the like, because everyone like loves amazon and our packages delivered yeah and they, they, they'll fucking do you it you could do it. it you could do it essentially with what we just talked about the exxon thing oh this is this is what i want to say right or is amazon. that like, like <laughs> or amazon and uh, on io <laughs> yeah yes. Am- Am- amazon so still make it sci-fi yeah exactly iozon but yeah, the, uh, <laughs> but like the thing that I want to that I would like to see replicated is like what you were describing the dolphin disaster. Like that physicality is what makes Outland re- real and frightening to me. Like like it gets under my skin, right? Because like the place feels real, right? And when you tell the story of the dolphin disaster, like I there's a there's a there's a uh, a sort of a gritty reality to that. Just the thoughts in my head. Do you know who got close to that? What was that? Abyss. It's true. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I, yeah like the great, the great stuff in Abyss is great. I like, saw that. I yeah. was like, oh, that mm-hmm. was definitely uh, – Yeah, it's not Titanic, it's but no it's Titanic. still pretty good. Not, like, I, I will say with Abyss, I would – and um, uh, hello, James. But the uh, – Listen, listen, <laughs> Fan listen, of the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> James is totally a fan of the show. Absolutely. Jim. Which guy – If you have any poll with Locke alum, James. We don't have anybody who listens to our show. Nobody of notoriety listens to our show. We don't know that's true. We, we are, have no idea who actually listens to the show. We keep How many listeners? That, I don't know. A lot. Yeah, not a lot. We're, we're, we're big. We're big in um, in Mexico. Yes, we're big in uh, uh, Belgium. Belgium. Uh, Norway now. Is, Norway. N- Norway has gone up. 
So we're going to, like, first of all, we're going to get a lot of mail from Norway correcting us about the dolphin disaster. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think that's going to Anyone help. from Norway that listens to this show should tell us. Yeah, what, what, I, what, actually, what we're actually talking about, because we don't really know. But No, we do. Look, I think we mostly got it together. We mostly got yeah, it. But yeah. the point is. It's terrifying. Yeah. Hmm. It, it's, it's, it's a people, hard job, uh, too. Yeah. Okay, I do have a, I do have a thing for us. Yeah. Uh, I do look at stats, obviously. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned mostly to ignore them for for what we do because mostly what I like to do is what we do and not try to appease. You, you had higher expectations, though. First Did two. I? You said, I want two million listeners by the third month. And I said, and we are out all, of control. We're almost there. But no, there. I th- you, you might, you might have out. had a higher expectations. I, I might have. I think uh, you did. You don't may, have to lie to me. No, but – well, actually, I think it's good that we I don't. Had, I, had very, actually, uh, I had very low expectations for Belgium, but they have been – Belgium is be, actually big. It's blown up for us. So yeah. thank you, Belgium. So I think that we should do Man Bites Dog. Which oh, is, yeah. That's, I a good, love. that's a good picture. That's a good movie. Which I uh, saw oh, – Yeah. I saw that theater. I oh, saw it in man. theater. You yeah. know where I saw that? I saw that in the theater in the Latin Quarter in Paris. Oh, it's perfect. Perfect. Oh, My God. You were perfect. in Man Bites Dog. That's amazing. No, yes. Well, it is a Belgian film, though. It's a Belgian, it's a Belgian film. Absolutely. But you were so, having – like you were, you that were, is not a, like, that you were Belgian, smoking cigarettes. You were living the black and white lifestyle. Oh, and then you walked in. Were you smoking cigarettes, Chris? Well, I, probably, you were in Paris. at that time. <laughs> you were, yes. If you were in Paris, I you were smoking cigarettes. I was a smoker cigarettes. at the time, yes. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah. Give me another – I know. I was wearing a beret, smoking cigarettes, yeah. and drinking Chablis. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> it's funny. I literally was stuff. telling – uh, I got my haircut today, and I was telling Jade um, – actually, hello, Jade. She won't listen to this, but she's, she does all the hair and makeup for Danny, uh, Donald Glover. Oh, nice. She wow. does nice Atlanta. Work. Yeah, yeah she's so beautiful. And he but, is so beautiful. Uh, I used to have hair down to here, and I was telling her, like, He's pointing to his elbow? Yeah. 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 And so nice. it was like, it's the same kind of back in those days when you're like, what the? F-? I was like, yeah, I had really long hair. Like oh, Michael dude. Hutchins kind of. Yeah. yeah. Of course, I was 30 pounds lighter, so. Yeah. But, but it was almost the hair. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. But it's definitely. Um, Man Bites Dog is a great film. I have not seen that in years. That is an upsetting film. Don't go just watch that. And the guy. I wonder whatever happened to (laughs) him. It's really upsetting. It's a nasty film. So the French title is, I believe, Ça c'est par chez nous, which means it it happened near you. Right, right. Man Bites Dog is because of the, you know, it's like you don't get headlines by saying Dog Bites Man. You get headlines by saying Man Bites Dog. Right. So they made a different title in English. Uh, and the whole pa- it's a whole parody on reality shows. Yep, yep. And fantastic film. And uh, yeah, it's like when you, especially seeing it now, knowing how much of a reality show we live in, like it seems so like it's far less uh, I don't know unrealistic in its tone. Than I would have expected. Now, now it's 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 like <laughs> it's oh, a joke. Sh- oh it's shit! It's less of a joke. Now. Yeah, it's now more of upsetting. Like I would believe this was real. Now I would be like, this could be real. This could very yeah. well be real. It is a it is a this fake like, documentary. Is like the, one the guy, the guy, the, 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 yeah. the, the mass murderer could be elected president. Of the United States. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite possible because uh, he's a lovable character. Yeah, he's so darling. He's the so uh, <laughs> yeah, the Man Bites Dog is a uh, is sort of a Spinal Tap style documentary about. A serial killer, and uh, and it's and it's nasty as hell, and brilliantly done, and ultimately extremely depressing. Very depressing. <laughs> also, ex- 
extraordinarily filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's awesome. He it's awesome commentary on filmmaking. It's awesome. It's very, very funny all the way through. He kills yeah. that old woman. Oh, yes. <laughs> Unbelievably. It's brutal. It's oh, brutal. God. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Like one of my favorite gags in that movie is just like in Spinal Tap where the drummers always get killed, and this it's the sound guys always get killed. (laughs) That is a that's an excellent picture, but it is um, it is a viscerally depressing film. Yeah. Um, But yes, to get back to the uh, like the the uh, like I I what I don't like about movies right now is that there's very little stuff that feels uh, substantial, physically substantial, uh, emotionally substantial. Like it's all. Um, it's all not. It doesn't really live for me the way these movies do. But you can't. You're not learning from. There's something you always learn from a movie, even if it was a comedy. Mm-hmm. Sure. But Absolutely. there's so much more uh, ways to get information and mm-hmm. to, to have some of that initial kind of interest yeah. uh, fulfilled. Uh, that it kind of everything marginalizes filmmaking, and then they start to make marginal stuff. Yeah, well, the thing is, I mean, like when you're bringing up um, um, uh, 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 Jubilee and uh, when we were talking about Liquid Sky and, and Blade Runner and all this kind of stuff. King like, of Comedy. The King of Comedy. King of comedy like, yeah. King of Comedy is, I mean, it's very Fun's funny. Fun's over, Jerry. Fun's over. Fun's over, Fun's Jerry. Fun's the best. Man. Ma! Rupert, Rupert <laughs> Pupkin. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm doing a show right now. Jerry, I'd love to do a show. I can't. That's <laughs> the greatest. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, this is Robert De Niro's I don't know, maybe second best performance of all time, I would say. Maybe Taxi Driver first, then this. Uh, the King of Comedy, oh, so Martin Scorsese. Um, which Fun is a very, very funny, nightmarish film and uh, definitely with predicts our culture. Right? Yeah, with Clash. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but the thing is that like the, uh, the, the reason why Punk was great and the reason why Blade Runner was daring and new isn't because of the, of the flashy stuff, right? Uh, the flashy stuff was there as part of it. Like that was a that was a byproduct of it, or Jubilee, for instance. Like it's a byproduct of why this thing is punk and intense. Like, but it is the actual intensity and visceralness of the movie itself that that hits you in the face. Like, like these things. Like it, it's challenging, not because it's stylish. And when you like, it's very when you see things that try to replicate that today, they're like, oh, we're gonna make it look cool, like Blade Runner. Like Blade Runner isn't cool because it looks cool. Like Blade Runner is cool because it's a really rich fucking experience, and that's yeah. not that's what we are not with we we lean away from right now. Do you think that Outland has that same? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Outland is like because it has this very simple, straightforward cop story, you know, like High yep. Noon, etc. Like there's nothing to like the plot is not something you're like trying to figure out. It's not like a mental movie. Well, it's, right? it's a it's a human but, nature you know, story. I don't, yes, I, yes, I don't, yes. Maybe because I maybe because I it's watched a pro it, family too. Maybe because it is. It is it also is very pro yeah. family. Maybe because I watched it in 2019 as opposed to 1981, mm-hmm. right? But I watched it in 2019, mm-hmm. right? I I was completely enamored by the story, mm-hmm. but I had no like that world and that line feeling that I got from Blade Runner because I watched Blade Runner. When it was yeah. fresh, right? Because Blade Runner is 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 a, is a fantastically new experience, right? Right, right. Whereas Outland makes all of this stuff as 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 real and boring as it possibly can make it. Yeah, but here's the like, deal: the two things missing. Blade Runner mm-hmm. has press and oh, Sean yeah. Young, yeah. hot pieces of beautiful behind. 
That's it's a lovely un- phrase. It's not just but about. I, I was trying that. to be nice. Yeah, no, it's not. But it's the very, point it's is, very, it's very I'm not sci-fi though. I'm just. What do you mean it's not sci-fi? Well, okay, it doesn't matter. Ass is not. Sci-fi. I know. Sci-fi I may have to tap out. Of okay, hold, well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You will find that a lot. I could be going on a limb on this one, but I feel. Limit. Like, look, even <laughs> with two thousand one, mm-hmm. when that was shown, a lot of people were dropping acid to watch that. Oh sure, yeah. So I'm sure there was this euphoric, like, yeah. erotic, but yeah. feeling to see that that was beyond right. There is something really sexy um, about like Pris, oh, their outfit, and the yeah. way she, they put the makeup on her eyes. They sprayed well, like, it. Right. It was so the beautiful the, and the, so the sexual. Se- the sexual physicality of Blade Runner is what drives Blade Runner. Like okay. because like okay. it's like Mapplethorpe, and, and it's um, um I have so many of his books. How am I forgetting it? Jesus, he died at the Chateau Marmont because he can't drive. Um, the great photographer. Uh, anyway, the point is the French. You did all the models in um, – all right. I we'll get there. That's yeah. All right. um, the point is uh, – I have a huge book of his too. I can't remember. Anyway, um, the point is there's something so beautiful and sexual about uh, them. Okay. Yeah, without a doubt. Okay, okay, okay. You, this, is, this is good. I want to hone in on this because I think this is a really good point you're bringing. I watch 2001 now. I still feel the same feelings of awe. Yeah, absolutely. Of the future, right? Absolutely true. And, Out- and this film was way earlier than Outland. Right. 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 And Outland, it makes you feel the opposite of that. Yeah, but that's well, my I point. said it earlier. Yes, not only that, it's real. Even though there's a the the theme kind of cheapens it because there's a lot of action. Yeah. 2001 is really just wealthy people in the sky, in space. <laughs> Vi- visually and so, it, yes. It's like yeah, – It's a design – It's Greenwich, it's, Connecticut. It's design porn. It's amazing, yeah. thousands of feet yeah. up in the air. And, every, and, and in fact, I, you know, like we can talk about it later, but I, like, I think that the, the blasé boredom that they live How's in – How's your family? Yeah. Oh, oh it's did so you, great. Please. Yeah. Oh, must you. Oh, Will you please so say fantastic. hello? And that's – What do you want for Christmas or what do you want for your birthday? A oh, bush baby. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'll see if I can do that, darling. You know, like yes, that's the whole Yes, but there is something so – no, the reality is this – and the reality is, you yeah. know, the Blade Runner, the Outland. Right, because the thing is, like, the, the, here's it with Blade Runner and Outland. Just to compare, compare and contrast these two things, like Blade Runner is a. You uh, don't wish for the future when you see these. Yeah, like, like you absolutely. wish for the future in two thousand one. Right, like well, two thousand one is a yeah, is a beautiful alien, place. Alien, Alien is another big influence on this movie. Oh, without a doubt, and it has oh, a lot. Yeah. And, like it has a lot in common with this movie yes. in that, like because like they talk about work is the biggest yes. common thing. The, the, and in the both company, in, in both the cases, company line. in both in both cases, right. these people are living hard, boring lives. Like these are hard, crummy, boring lives. In Alien, Alien is a story about people that are living leading hard, crummy, boring lives. They're eating shitty Chinese food and they just want to get back home. Right? They are truckers in space, has been said before. Right? And then they come up against um, the uh, the visceral nature of sex and death as a as an object, like, mm-hmm. and it challenges the numbness with which they've been living their lives in, right? right? And uh, so the setting is like the most; it's just like this purgatory of shitty, you know, uh, you know, shitty place to live. I don't even like these guys I work with. Blah blah blah, and then suddenly death is forced upon you in a visceral way. 
Outland, I wouldn't say it takes a step further than that, but like uh, it, it takes a different. It takes it starts from that point, and then just says, um, "You don't even get the tra- the exterior challenge of an alien ship. Like there's nothing fancy or interesting or beautiful or designy or nice or exciting in this movie. Like you are living in a shithole." And the problems that you are dealing with... It's Jersey City in it, space. It's Jersey City in space. <laughs> like, this, this is, you're just like, there's, there's nothing worthwhile or good here. The only worth or goodness is my family and my choices. That's it. You don't get anything else. You don't even get the beauty of Jupiter. You barely see Jupiter. Like, I'm sure, sure they can see it out the window all the time, but they never show it. Right? Greenery is marginalized. It's Greenery just, is marginalized. It's blown up. Right. Like it is a like it is a it is a uh, it is a filthy, dirty, boring prison, and it's enormous, and you live in it, and you can't get out of it. That's Outland, and so like Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, it's, it's like oh, it's just you want to die. He wants to die. They're living in mm-hmm. they're living in 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 a slowly rotting society, right? And uh, the only challenge is the internal challenge of finding what life means. It's not. It's not as is not as rich as that. There's the thing that I love. I, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, well, I'm not, and I'm not saying that this is something that is designed consciously into the movie. It's not as it's rich why, as that. I do, I, I'm just saying I think that's why the movie actually works. I just wondered, like, there, this movie is really good. It's really good. Right. But they're, they're – with a little more work, a little more set design, a little bit more creativity, it right. could have been it, Blade Runner. Right, absolutely true. But the thing is, that, like, here's that's why. I'm, and this, by the way, is why I want to remake this thing. It's because I feel that there's a there's a it's it's on the verge. This movie, this movie should be famous if it had gotten one or two more notes correct. Because right. it's a great movie. But it somehow falls just a little short of being magic, right? Being a thing. But you can't redo that performance. No, you, you no. Like I'm not saying redo anything. I'm I, saying the, like what I'm talking about is like you can make a movie that does everything that this does, and then goes and finds the extra right. step, right? And because like I think this like could have been so ma- close to it being Blade Runner. It, it could have been magic. It's like yeah, it's, it's like the Rolling Stones emotional rescue album. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's, it's, all, it's right uh, on the cusp. It's on the cusp. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Like it was so close to being. The, one of the best. By the sci-fi way, all things. those yeah, just totally. on a music note, and you don't even like sci-fi, but you like this movie. This is an like enjoyable film. It's not sci-fi because it's gritty, real, and there's there's the tones. Well, sci-fi is a very sci-fi is a very broad yeah. description. Yeah. I, look, like, it's, here's it's, what it's I don't like. Bubble. Here's what I don't like. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't like Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Okay, or Star Wars. Star Wars, dopey as hell. The second one <laughs> right. was fucking great. The second one's great because it's dark and yeah. it's. it's Empire Strikes Back. Oh, Empire. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll, man. I'll go to the matter of uh, Star Trek, the show, the early show, the 60s show. I love that. Okay. That's, that's some good stuff. Got it. But, yeah. you know. Mm. But, so, but largely Star Trek is terrible. Stupid. Mostly Star, Star yeah. Wars is terrible. Come on. And yep. it's like it just – but there was a realism because it deals with socioeconomic issues mm-hmm. that – are pertinent. It doesn't matter if it's up there or here. Right. Working for the man, making your money, family values. Yeah, real losing things. out on those family values. Right. Yeah, but we've gone through this with you, Eric. You basically say I don't like sci-fi means I don't like Star Trek and I don't like Star Wars. No, name a movie. I'm not trying to look. I'm not trying to make it the Children Eric Shield podcast. Uh, love it. Yeah, that's See, sci-fi. That's a sci-fi film. I know it's sci-fi, yeah. but I'm I'm saying so I'm so, well, to, without no, being, no, without picking real on, outfits. Like the, like, no, you can pick on me. Yeah, like, the point is real outfits. We've been through this. When you right. start getting these Flash Gordon costumes, 
it's harder. It's, it's harder, to, harder to believe because well, it, and, there's and, no context. Uh, like, how about I put it this way? When you're when you're doing Flash Gordon costumes, it's easier to get away with making a shitty movie because everything's so flashy, right? And so, like, making a really really good movie with Flash Gordon costumes is extraordinarily rare because you don't have to. You can just wear the fucking costumes, and everyone's like, "Oh, the costumes this is great!" And rocket ships, and so they make a shitty movie, and everyone gets away with it. Say, like, and uh, you know, like many, many big blockbusters today, which will remain nameless. I think, like, you just go to see it, and it's like, "Oh, it's so pretty, it's amazing," and then the movie is terrible. Here's, the characters here's are boring. where I think it is. I don't read fiction. Right. I read nonfiction. I love just reading history. So, okay. so I. Oh, so okay, for go ahead, me, go ahead. I, have, I have a question about that. So for me, it's like only the Razor's Edge that I love so much. It's right. my favorite book. Right. But the point is, I love just reading history. Right. So like, World War One, particular. What is the like? What is the difference between like what's okay? Ra- Razor's Edge. Is there anything that's fictional that's less grounded that you that you enjoy? That's a book that you enjoy. Um. You know, I read like Lord of the Rings as a kid. Right. Like what? What did? What did the? What did it for you in that? For instance. All right, you guys keep talking. I got to okay, use the That's right. What did it for me there? Um, I I enjoyed the worlds, mm-hmm. but I felt like, all right, let's wrap this journey up. Right. I so just the, I felt like the, I the couldn't. I didn't relate to a lot of the right. people. I I like more historical based or. There's something I can learn from, and maybe that goes back to the because I I I lived so much off Woody Allen films. Yeah. So there was always like a, a somebody who there's a lesson, you know, like one particular protagonist, and there's mm-hmm. a lesson. That's why I love heist films. They're a small um, group. Yeah, they have a very particular idea in mind. Yeah, right, right, right. and and there's always a lesson you can learn f- right. from it right. that relates to you today, like right. a moral lesson. Right. Like we're all grounded based off of Judeo-Christian values maybe. Right. And I'm not a religious person, right. but I was raised religious. Yeah, and, the, the in high school, let's be honest. In high right. school, I went away to high school, all boys. Uh, I had church every day. Mm-hmm. Six, I had school six days a week. That's that's a lot of church. Yeah. So I, I had to wake up early. I had to wake up at 7 because um, I sang in the choir and then I have to like go on a full day of school, six days a week. So, so you're not a religious person. Well – you know, not to get too crazy, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do believe in a lot of things, but mm-hmm. I, I also respect and I've traveled a lot. Uh, I've traveled around the world a lot by myself right. and I was very, um, you know, my my pop, I don't think knew what to do with me. So he, he was like, where do you want to go? And so <laughs> I would just travel yeah, Let's go three months, right. travel here and there by myself. And so, or go to a school over there. And so I traveled and I, I just, I, you know, from Malta to Northern Africa right. to, you know, I, I I res- there's so many beautiful religions that I can't just categorize and say mine's. Right. But I do right. believe in, in spirituality mm-hmm. and, and, and a greater good and a moral f- character and fiber right. That, right. that bonds us. Right. So I'm so sympathetic the story, to The everything. stories that deliver that like yeah. the, are, are what hit home for you. Yes, yeah. because I think that also goes back to the New York thing where right. there's got to be a lesson learned. You know, um, like I could still go back to Broadway Danny Rose. When I've seen that movie 36 times. I love that movie. Lou – we, we're in a situation, Lou. We're in a definite situation. <laughs> and may I quote my Uncle Menachem, a learned man, a learned man. <laughs> a learned man. Learned, you can't ride two oh horses God. with one behind. Lou, will you do me a favor? All right. One of these days, you got to square yourself with, you know, the big guy upstairs. All right. Oh, man, Miss oh, Tina Vitali. 
One that right movie, rose. That's what like that movie is so. She's funny. a belladonna. It, it literally makes me laugh just to think about the concept of that movie. That's, that's it's one of those just and, and there's Fellini esque moments. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when he runs after her mm-hmm. midtown, like 52nd or 53rd Street, oh, yeah, it's incredible. and he just taps her on the shoulder, yeah. and there's no. And they're like, and you just that's get the it. end of the movie? So you just and get you it. get you it, get that it. Yeah. it's about you know forgiveness. Yeah. And it, three S's, star, shine, smile. And um, <laughs> right. it's about forgiveness. Right. Right. And there's a lesson there. Yeah. And I'm not saying every movie has to knock it over the head like, a, like some sort of like, uh, you know, thing at, a, at a, an amusement park. But I, I kind of – I guess maybe because the movies I rented – I told you guys earlier, like, you know, I, I would rent all those movies from my local – uh, in the seventies, all the it was the first library to ever have videotapes right. you can rent, so right. I could do four at a time. Right. I would just grab one I loved and three I never even heard of, right. and roll through them. But always those common messages. So I, so when so, you get too far off, right, it's like I I feel like you know where's my lesson? Yeah, because so like that's what's missing for you in most science fiction is like like it's more it's all the it's all the novelty and it's the entertainment of the design and the rockets and the starships blah 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 and all that stuff and they're not really two thousand one is a masterpiece and beautiful it's right. absolutely stunning but really you contemplate uh, existence non existence mm-hmm. yeah. and that's what it's for that's yeah the, that's and the it's absolutely right. a, a, in terms of that a right. nonverbal. Um, there's some movies like Baraka even. Yeah, sure. It's just – just through visuals, it communicates a sense of like there's so much more than you. Because I, I do – I get into this conversation a lot with people because I, I, I love I love sci-fi. Like for instance, like I love sci-fi enough uh, that I happily watch really shitty sci-fi. I know it's shitty sci-fi. I'm, not, I'm conscious of that while I watch it. Um, but I like all the tropes of it, and I like the the goofy designs, or I like the robots. I like just as a as a thing, I enjoy watching it. It's fun, you know. It's like Godzilla movies from the sixties, you know, or seventies, you know. Like I just like I don't. They're not moving me in a big emotional way, and they're not. They don't have a statement, but I enjoy them. That being said, I know the difference between a good and a bad science fiction movie, right? And like when you watch Children of Men, which is completely a science fiction film, uh, it like it's not like watching. You know, um, uh, Flash Gordon, like you, it feels like something's really happening for you. Like this is a real statement to be made. What if? Sorry, I, I did bring some 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 snacks oh, for you give guys. Me some of that. Oh, look at that! It is uh, the English. Thank you. Translation is "Man Bites Dog." No, the English translation is uh, uh, "The Laughing Cow." The Laughing Cow, cheese it, dippers, original, which was originally a French thing, which is called "La Vache qui rit." which means the laughing cow. The socially awkward cow. Yeah. <laughs> which Fetu is basically vache. just uh, uh, dips and stuff. But I brought some. Apologies some, to everybody some, listening to me crinkle tinfoil. Yeah. Which I, nice. I realized, like, eh, I'm going to do this anyway. It will see, we, this is, yeah, this is a communal this crunching. Is, this is a communal crunching. This is, this is like. Um, She's crunching. Yeah, that, so just for the audience, so they can enjoy this with us. Uh, this is not a um, sponsor, but I will say this is very much like Pocky, only with cheese. Yep, it's, it's che- cheese Pocky. Cheese, cheese Pocky. And if Pocky is listening, hello, they Pocky. make a they make a pizza Pocky now. Oh, they should. Oh man, cheese Pocky is like the greatest idea. I've, I think like if they could. I just got them. Yeah, really? They mm-hmm. they have pizza Pocky for real? Does so it come with a little time. like tiny little pepperoni on it? They have. Did we talked about of- this with Sally when she said just enjoyable sounds. Mm. 
Yeah, it was well, like the ice clinkling in glass. Yes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds. Now, people crunching food, I don't know if that's an No, I think people sound. are disgusted by this. And it's, really? it's, it's a terrible thing to do on the radio. Right. Like, especially the crunching. What's not an enjoyable sound is when we dropped my daughter off at camp four weeks ago in Boston. And, and she's she said, like, please, daddy, don't go. That's a terrible sound. No. <laughs> that is a sad what sound. What the fuck was – no, what I'm saying <laughs> is, is that the people in the next room – we dropped our daughter off and we spent one more night in Boston. The people in the next hotel room were – they put on a cooking show so loud and then they proceeded to like have sex for like two hours straight. And she was enjoying it but super loud. Right. So for two hours, it's a cooking show and it's like preheat your oven. Oh, oh you know, man. it's like so the oh, like rough. for two hours. Yeah, and dude. I was like, I don't think I got the whole recipe. Can but, I just knock on the door tomorrow yeah, and be like, like look, there's a moment there. <laughs> I preheated show. my oven. Mm. <laughs> I prepared the trays mm. with <laughs> – yeah, no, that, that's a no, great British baking show. Preheating your oven is called foreplay. That's, that's, that, I think that was the undertone of that joke. I like that. I think it's very good. Yeah, no, I think that if you're going to do it, then then go action movie. Go action movie. I think that's the that's the proper thing. Like, if you're going to be making lots and lots of awkward noises, then, then I don't know, I would say maybe Armageddon, um, Terminator 1. Terminator the, 1, which awkward noise in Terminator 1? No, if you're going to be making awkward noises yourself... Oh, right. As cover. What is the best movie to use? Have sex. Yeah. To have sex with? Yeah. Yeah, then I would say... Uh, Interesting. The um, the op- the first... T- I don't know. There may be... Okay, the, uh, depending upon how, how things are working out for you, I would say the uh, uh, most of Apocalypse Now probably works. Um, but not all the President's Men. No. No. No, it's probably a bad one. It's probably That's bad one. a bad one. Yeah. Yeah. Where Three is, Days of the Condor. Three Days of the Condor. Absolutely. Just because it's now because that, that, that movie's too fucking awesome, it'd be distracting. I watched like, it no, again the other night. I, I love that I film. I love that movie. We should do that. What movie. is a movie where someone is constantly screaming? Constantly screaming. Um, it's, that's almost on borderline annoying in a movie. Uh, any Carrot Top movie. Uh, any. Um, he lives down the street from my sister. Does he? I bet he's a nice guy. I bet he's a nice guy. I don't know. He, ever since he started working, he out, is it's on weird. roids. Yeah. He's oh a my big god. Guy. He's a big dude. The steroids yeah. are like. I don't know if I'd do that. That 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 looks. He strange. looks like a carrot. Yeah. He, he lo- actually he, looks like a carrot. He looks like a horse. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> he's really a very, strange. Very large man. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I would say Rob uh, Rob Schneider films. Is Rob good. Schneider, like anyone who is constantly like. No, like alien. the guy that talks like this, he's always on Stern. What's his name? Oh, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, man, that guy. What's oh, it, you know who I'm talking about? Uh, oh, uh, he, he had uh, – he, he did a – he was a host on uh, uh, USA Today, Late Night. Oh, my God. I know exactly who you're talking about. He's got the character. Uh, See, that would disturb me if I heard like – Weird noises and that, then that'd be too much. What's his name? Are you totally. I think we should sum up with with John Wick one through three, depending upon where you're at. I think those would probably be the yeah, best. Yeah, actually, John Wick was brought up as something that we should cover on this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Do you like John Wick? I've I love. Never all th- seen any John Wick films. I love all three John Wicks, the or John's Wick. I'm, is that how you sound like uh, like Supreme Court justices? That sounds like the porn version. Yeah, man, I'm not sure. I just don't know how the plural works. That's all I'm saying. John's Wick. <laughs> like, like if you, yeah, if you mean like lick John's Wick. <laughs> no, no, no. It's essentially, See, now we have to delete it's this. It's essentially, uh, you know, uh, like a Get Carter kind of thing. John John Wick, the first one, is basically a really well staged uh, gun based crime film 
Then the second one is a dream that you have about that crime film. And then the third one is when you take acid and you tell your friends about the dream you had watching the first movie. <laughs> like, that gets exponentially less explainable, more bizarre, and more fun. Like, those movies are okay. extraordinary. But they, there's no, they leave realism far behind by John Wick 3. Okay. Like, it is impeccably staged gun action that is basically a giant dance video where they shoot each other. Which brings up an interesting point about this, this podcast, because... I have thought about the fact that we've we've brought up some interesting films. Mm -hmm. We've covered some 70s and 80s stuff that's like close to our heart. And mm -hmm. I still think we should continue to do that because we enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But uh, although we have been, you know, as a persona, uh, slightly anti-franchise, mm -hmm. you just mentioned three John Wick films, which – could oh, great. be classified as a franchise. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Right? Happily. Or something serialized mm -hmm. at that point. Yep. Um, should we also consider talking about series of some kind? Like a Netflix series or like series? Netflix series or mini series. Could we do a martini giant about Chernobyl? Chernobyl, sure. I haven't seen Chernobyl yet. I'm dying to see Chernobyl. I have not seen I'm any. dying to see it too. Yeah, yeah. It looks, it's okay, fantastic. so all three of us. Yeah. That's actually good. Yeah, I would definitely do Martini Giant Chernobyl. I, I don't think we should I don't I think we should feel free to talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. And if it's if it's streaming, yeah. if it's not, that's fine. Uh, it's always gonna come back around to movies of some oh. kind, so it's no big deal. I forgot. Oh, God, going. that was really good. I was got like, so excited for a second. No, I started watching that one thing you guys told me to watch. Forever? No. Uh, it was the guy that did a Drive. Oh, yeah. I'm too old to die young. It's fucking sick, right? I have not seen that. Oh, my God. This? I stop them and just sketch. Oh, it's those so frames. And I, so beautiful. I, I just do that. What is this thing? Mm. Nicholas, Why did I you guys Nicholas talk Wind about this. I got to go to the back. Okay. Nicholas Winding Reffin's new movie on I like Amazon. Yeah, it's great. And I'm not even done with it. I'm just in the third episode. Um it is a uh, it is a extremely slow paced, yep. incredibly beautiful film noir, and um, uh, with uh, the kid from Whiplash, uh, and it is um, it might be too sophisticated for Chris though. I don't it is so. It is so. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What, what, let's say. So what is it? It is an Amazon series, and and yeah, it's a like, series. It, you know, and it's a movie. It's a, it's a long movie. You know, okay, it's, it's so like, it's, it's like a, a approximately miniseries. yeah, it's like seven hours long, whatever it is. Okay, um, and uh, starting the kid from Whiplash, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn directed uh, Drive, um, yes, and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and uh, Only God Forgives, and uh, um, uh, a couple of pictures that I like quite a, quite a bit, and uh, and this is such a patient, uh, intense, and gorgeously made movie that if you um, if you put yourself in a situation where you're not going to be distracted by anything else and you just have this on, dark room, no cell phone, just get into the vibe of the movie, uh -huh. it is fucking great. It's one of the best things I've seen on streaming. And I've heard nothing but people bitch about how slow it is and how boring it is. And I'm like, this causes me great pain because this is the kind of thing that if it came out in a different period of time, people would have recognized that it's brilliant. 
and it's right. spectacular. But okay. like nobody like the the problem with it like there was a, like there was an article that came out and I thought it was very funny that was uh, that my friend uh, Chris sent me. He's and because uh, he knows I like slow intense boring movies mm-hmm. and uh, he's just like this sounds like a you're a Solaris fan aren't you I am of uh, both Solaris Solari uh, Solari yeah. I like how you pluralize that <laughs> like I'm uh, uh, yeah Soderbergh's Solaris spectacular yeah. and uh, and I'm, I, I'm as big a Tarkovsky fan as you yeah, can possibly yeah. find um, but this I movie I liked it too oh god we should if you were like I'm ready to talk any Tarkovsky Anytime you it's want. It's really of my favorites. hard to talk about it because you'll lose an audience real fast. Yeah, no, we'd have to do it. We'd have to do a very fast-paced episode. Like, okay, let's hit all that, Tarkovsky's films, and it's got to be a half an hour long. Then we'll do it just. Then we'll do it justice. Which is hilarious. Yeah, that's not how you do that. <laughs> that's not how you experience Tarkovsky. <laughs> but yeah, with uh, Too Old to Die Young, uh, yeah. this this picture is like a, a, my friend sent me an article that that uh, essentially was titled something like, I can't believe how much. Uh, I can't stop thinking about Nicholas Winding Refn's incredibly boring new show, and I was just like, "Who said that?" This is—it's an article that I saw. And I was just like, "That means you liked it. <laughs> that means you liked it." And uh, and I think that people don't. Um, oh, th- a nice little wheel of cheese. Thank you. Um, I think that okay. that that this is the kind of thing, and I and I talk about this a lot. Like, uh, I don't think that make that watching art film makes you smarter. I don't think it makes you better. I don't think there's anything like that going on. It doesn't make you more intellectual, and it doesn't mean that you uh, can hold yourself over anybody else by erotic, enjoying this stuff. They are very erotic. But the, the difference is... they give you a boner, then they, they don't, land. but it's then just they're, they're, there's yeah. something like... It's like watching a really cool, looking at a really cool painting, or like this is the idea, it's, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like but, you're but, trying to trigger something okay, in yourself. Okay, you're triggering something else. But but the thing is, right? So. If if you go into this experience, right, mm-hmm. and you go to see a really cool painting and you're like, wow, that's really cool, that's great. Right. That's a great experience that you should do. But what happens a lot, and this is in the art world, right, mm. people go to the museum because they want to say like, oh, well, you know this because you've worked in the art field for a long time, Eric. Right. But like it's it's like – Oh, I'm special because I know about this art or right. whatever. And and so therefore because I am going to see the new right. Jim Jarmusch film or whatever, then, I, you're, then, you're, then I'm special because right. I'm educated so or whatever. So my my only response to them is that is sad for them that they think like that. Right. Right? That is too bad because they're missing out on what these things are really for, which is to find beauty in them and to find meaning in them. Yeah. Like, like this Peter Himes film we just talked about. Well, like Outland. Like, well, the things, I mean, it's actually a great example because, like, Outland is the kind of thing that art snobs won't watch. Exactly. Right? They'll look at that and just, like, 80s Sean Connery action film. Ugh. Like, instead of looking at it and saying, like, what does this movie do well? And it does things incredibly well. Yes. You know? And, and, and so, yes. like, the, like, the, and so the, it, like I'm a I'm an enemy of snobbery in every direction. Whether it's like snobbery against uh, blue collar stuff like Outland. Snobs are low class. The snobs are low class, <laughs> man. They're the worst. Dot com. Like sno- snobs. Are, snobs are people that uh, don't love something. They love how they look when they say that they love it. No, they're just like afra- that's all snobbery is. No, they're afraid. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're not interacting with the thing. 
Like they're not there to experience the beauty of the thing. They're there to show that they're standing in front of the thing. So they must be great. They must be very smart, intellectual people. And meanwhile, you're missing the fucking boat. Like the, the, like the, the greatness of like a Tarkovsky movie or the greatness of outland or any of this stuff is what it does for you. What happens in you from watching it. That's all there is. I do want to bring back. You were talking about world building, mm-hmm. right? Uh, world building is a fascinating subject that I think that is underestimated in a lot of ways, right? Yep. So I did on my other podcast, mm-hmm. CG Garage, available on iTunes and wherever you like your podcast. I did a podcast with Alex McDowell, uh-huh. who was the uh, uh, creative director, uh, 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 production designer for uh, um, a Minority Report. Which is some of the best production design of all time. Absolutely. Yep. And, L- a and landmark. Landmark, yep. right? And still referenced to this day, mm-hmm. especially if you're dealing with any kind of uh, user experience. Right. Because that's – Everyone's like, make it like a minority report. Make it like minority report. <laughs> right. I had this conversation with Sally, Sally Slade, Slade yes, and she's yeah, like, yeah. just making minority report. It's yeah. like, oh my god, it's such yeah. a fucking tying argument. Yeah. And I actually argue the fact that it's, it's impractical to do that. And I actually argued that with Alex McDowell himself mm-hmm. and he – Argued against it, but yeah, it's fine. Like, well, like I would say, and then not to go off on a tangent, but like the like the the greatness of Minority Report. I mean, the the design is incredibly beautiful, right? right? And uh, what what is truly great about it is that it was the sort of like big mental leap forward that we had to make at that time. You know, now now that design idea is like it's infected everything, and so everyone leans on that as the common thing. When when it came out, but is man, it, oh man, I was like, holy but shit! But isn't it beautiful that a movie can influence absolutely, and it no, still it's, does? It's, it's right? totally brilliant. We still, still brilliant rely design. on tw- uh, two thousand one. We still yep. rely on Blade Runner. We still yep. rely on two thousand one is visible in. Uh, Star Wars. It's visible in Alien, and it's visible in Outland. Right. Like the landing platform is the landing platform on the moon from 2001. It so, bleeds it through everything. So, but you're still talking about movies. I'm talking mm-hmm. about things we actually sit in. Sure. And live Go for in, it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So world building is absolutely fabulously important in the movie industry, which mm-hmm. is what leads to actual reality. To real life. So, yeah. so you know. Sci-fi, while we can argue that it's like fiction, actually mm-hmm. ultimately turns into reality because it's an imagination of where yeah. your reality is. And so that infects our version of where the future is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can see this with, uh, you can see this with, uh, say, Star Trek and the communicators. Like, oh, people yeah. always had that in mind since Star Trek to do that. Like, uh, we were going to develop cell phones anyway, but, like, the way that we talked about what they were before they existed was – communicators from star trek and probably wouldn't look the way they do if it wasn't for star trek yeah like nope. the, the, it def- wall street <laughs> <laughs> like this is the- i'm out of beach <laughs> that's right man yeah like like, the, the, like these things this is where we this is our lab where we think about stuff sure you know okay so uh anyway alex is really invested in world building in mm-hmm. fact i think his his new uh, uh, company is all about world building. Right, right. Why aren't we world building anymore? Or we, are we? Do, we we, or we, are we, we try are... to. We do it wrong. Movies do it wrong all the time now. So, so the Marvel universe that, is it? Is that actually, I, I actually being world built? Yeah, like they, they do it. They do it right in a different way. In that, like the what they do correctly is they build this network of. Um, characters and emotions that creates a sensibility of the worlds that they come from like guardians of the galaxy brings a certain style 
into the story. Thor brings a certain style into the story. Like, there's not a lot of location identity in any of the Marvel films. Like, like location identity. Okay, okay, okay. You know, and yep. so like the like the world well, the world building is pretty nebulous in these movies. Like, there's like big, pretty set piece areas, but they're not real. It's like there's a like literally a nebula, or like there's Asgard and it's designy and spiry and stuff. But like, there's nothing the thing that, that, that has a, me a, about Asgard. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Asgard does not look like it's a very big city. No, it, it looks, looks pretty small. small. It's like downtown LA. It looks about <laughs> as big yeah. as that. Yeah. Yet it represents an entire planet. Right. Yeah. And it's just like it feels it feels um It makes no fucking sense. Yeah, it feels it's it, like basically taking like like, you know, Toulouse, France and right. turning that into the entire world. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just a picture of a thing to identify where you are. It's like a postcard of the Eiffel Tower when you see this stuff. Like This goes back to my Closer, Eric. Mm-hmm. This goes back to my thing. I'm going to get in fucking trouble for this, but I don't give a shit. Do it's, it. Uh, Do it. Um, Here it is. For somebody who went to graduate school for production design. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I was a production designer at one point, but I just – it goes back to the Sid Mead thing where if you look at the Sid Mead concept work for Blade Runner, mm-hmm. like every drawer, everything, you s- there's a sense of purpose there. There's a use. Everything has a use. Right. I'm not saying that the artists at Art Center are not good. They're, they're great, but they're, they're technical. They're, they're, they're car designers right. turned production designers. Right. So they don't know about you know the purpose of that drawer yeah. because it, there's a different approach. But that's what the directors like. Yeah, because the directors like, themselves are probably low voltage and they're working their way up. Like a, I talk about this all the time in terms of like I'm really – you can see this. You're not going to get a Blade – you're not going to get a really Scott out of the fucking directors that – sorry, the directors that you see for those movies. Yeah. They're horrible. And yeah. it's basically a way to work your way up the system as a director. It's, that, that is uh, agreeing on design really by committee. Scott is right? not going to get pushed around by the executives at the right. studio. I'm not saying – but Ridley Scott circa 1978. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys have no vision. Yeah. And they're basically, well, oh, that's a beautiful picture. Right. Great. Those are the sets. This is, this oh, is very – wait. There's something more like to that. The, the, it's like this is uh, – uh, it comes back down to the – like novelty isn't enough. Right, novelty is interesting. Novelty is fun, but it's frosting. It's fo- novelty it's is frosting, all frosting, right? And right now we're just we just largely have frosting, right? There's no there's nothing underneath it, and like you get something like because um, like the way that, to talk about world building, like uh, Marvel works because it has a set of uh, of interrelationships between characters, and that's what sort of carries a sense of a world, the Marvel universe. There's no real firm universe to the to Marvel. Like there's they fight in fucking airport tarmac like there's nothing there. it's like it's interchangeable the backgrounds are interchangeable it's the um it's the character yes. relationships that uh people that make people imagine that there's a big world there um so but okay. if but, okay. but so like if you were to take say like however the like marlon brando's office in the godfather is a mm. place right and it's a part yeah. of him like okay. and you can you think of this as a real place you think of his house you think of where the wedding is and it's all like the way it's designed is all part of the emotion of the film, right? Yep. And that's when we're talking about like places, character, and the and garden like where this. he dies. Yeah, in the garden where he dies, like these are all very vivid places in my mind. Yeah, right. And uh, and like that's because when we're talking about like uh, places, character, like in westerns or in Outland and stuff like this, um, that is because uh, the the design is part of the statement of the movie, and it it has something to say. And a use in the in the in the reality of the movie, and it all becomes attached. When you talk about world building in terms of like 
how people feel about the the universe of Star Wars, right? Or whatever it is. Where people go wrong, and this is all over the place in Star Wars now, it's terrible, is they think more detail means more reality. And that's not true, mm. right? Because they don't put a purpose to any of those things. This is what I'm saying, right? Because they don't understand if, if you add detail, but that's car designers – Become production designer. Okay. Yeah, like more, like more stuff doesn't like more stuff doesn't help you. Okay, well, what does help you? Look at Blade Runner. Blade Runner feels like a big deep world, right? With all you, you feel the sense and scale of the world. You identify generally how it's all built. You, you know what fits in and doesn't fit in in that setting because almost all of it is work that you did when you watched the movie. The movie gives you little breadcrumbs and you connect them into. Uh, constellation that is the world of Blade Runner. Sure. Like it doesn't, it doesn't tell you how it all works. It lets you figure it out. Then it's part. Then it, it then becomes, you are part of it. It becomes part of the experience. Right. I hundred percent agree with you. I, I I I'm with you. I am going to defend the Marvel universe mm. just slightly. Right. Have you guys seen Endgame or? I haven't seen Endgame yet. Yeah, you fucking snobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wicked snob about Marvel. No, actually, I I really I do like the Marvel films. I really like. Uh, Ragnarok and Doctor Strange. Those are my favorites. Yeah. Those are great. Ragnarok fucking cracks me up yeah, every time. Great film. Great it's film. my birthday. <laughs> I'm uh, going to call you Doug. Yeah. I'm going to call you Doug. Uh, anyway, uh, in uh, the last one, Endgame, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, which I hear is good. Which was good. Um, there is – I don't – there's a hint of what you said, mm-hmm. but the movie is too big to actually be – to make it feel right. Right. So like um, uh, uh, Iron Man or uh, what's his name? Uh, Tony Stark's house <laughs> mm-hmm. does become a location mm-hmm. okay. that is grounded. Oh, that's in, good. In, that's in, nice. In, in his attempt to be normal. Oh, that's good. Okay. Do you know that. what I'm yeah, trying to great. say? Great. So, so – and if you watch the movie, you will miss it. Right. But if you watch it in the context of what we just talked about, right. that his house does have a grounding of like uh, attempt to have some kind of ground. It, it right. is it is basically very similar to the Godfather's house right. in some ways, right? right. It's right. isolated. It's it's his. It's uh, part of his identity. Identity. Well, no, it's part of his uh, attempt to. Uh, to lead like this is where I to wanna, be a normal person to be a normal person yeah, that's what I mean like that's yeah. his, that's what the identity he wants to have right right yeah so it does succeed in that area mm-hmm. but the movie is so complicated in trying to give you everything else so I believe that the studios have focused so much on like okay so maybe they heard the fact that like. Too much CGI is too much, whatever. Right. And then they said story, story, story. And then when they said story, they said character. Yeah, and sure. they ignored environment. Yeah, like I don't like. And, and to be fair, like to be to be frank, like I think they do it right with the characters. That's why it's so successful. Like that's why Marvel yeah, successful. Absolutely, like, they people like character, character, character. Right. But they did ignore environment. Yeah, totally. And environment is where characters need to thrive yeah like because there has to be an expression grounded. yeah exactly they're grounded, exactly right? because like the the issue that i have like i ran out of steam on the, the comic books yeah well the thing is i mean the comic books like the comic books can be great like comic books themselves can be great 
and film comic book movies can be great. Like Logan is a great film to me. Like that's a yeah. really, really great, powerful film. And uh, talk about a western. That's a, that's a western itself, right? Yeah, it is a western, and it has an it has an incredible sense of place. I didn't all like the it time. as much in the end. I liked it two thirds of it. Right, I mean, but it has it has a real sense of place oh, yeah. wherever it's wherever it is. It, and great it does acting. it and great acting. Great acting. But like this is the like the, the I ran out of steam on uh, the Marvel movies just because like. Uh, you know, everything just started to seem sort of interchangeable to me. Like, I'm like, nothing's like, I like all these characters, but nothing feels, everything's like, the the relationships are interesting, but nothing, starting things are starting to not Can, feel real. I ask you a question? No. Of course. What percentage of the people that have paid to see, paid for tickets to see this movie followed the same characters in a comic book? Uh, I don't know. Almost it's a, none. I would say it's a, it's its own thing. I think it's its own thing. Yeah. Uh, like I, like I was a um I I read a lot of Spider Man. Um, I, I and I haven't seen I haven't seen a real Spider Man movie that really made me go. That's what fucking Spider Man feels like until um, Spider Verse. Spider Verse. Love that film. Yeah, it's, it's mind blowing. That is such a beautiful movie. Yeah. I've seen, my, we own it. It, was my a it was a 1970s or 80s Spider Man film that that was. It was a TV show, right? Okay. No, 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 no. The TV show, but it so was like, an actual like film that rope, was in the movie. Oh, really? I don't think I saw this. The seventies. Yeah, that was. The I mean, one, there was there was a there was that a, was the one I remembered the most. Oh man, yeah, because there was the, there was there was a Captain America movie made made they made the Hulk movie or the Hulk TV show, and then they made the Hulk movies after that. Yeah. They're just none of them are very good. Like Spider Verse captured. Everything about Spider-Man, you know, and uh, and that's an identity. That's a, a, a setting as identity movie. Like the city feels real. Everything feels integrated, but it, it, awesomely but, designed. But, but honestly speaking, mm -hmm. if you are someone like that's never seen Spider-Man or whatever, mm -hmm. it's 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 beautiful, but mm -hmm. it's not. It's 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 too much. Right. Is that overwhelming? You think? I think it's overwhelming. Oh man! Like it's over. It, I love that. Play. If you if you are into comic books and everything right. else, then it's completely in. It your, makes sense. Yeah. In your ballpark. But if you've never right. seen it before. It's, it, it jams right. your brain. It's like, it, it'd be like Possibly, it, huh? it, yeah. you know, honestly, it's like being a, a comic book snob. If I'm, sure. I, I'm, I'm not going to basically introduce someone to like a Vin Vendors film. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the, right. Out of the, out of the gate. Out of the well, gate. I'll tell you. Like this weekend, uh, Anna and I saw. Like she had never seen it. One of my favorite uh, super art films is called. I think I've talked about it before. Last year at Marion Bed. Last year at Marion Bed got re-released. It's 1961, and it's an Alain Rene, Alain Rene film. Mm -hmm. uh, and he also made another one of my favorite movies of all time called um, Hiroshima Monomore. Yes. Oh, yeah, I've which seen is that, fucking yes. mind blowing. Yeah. 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 Um, and I didn't. I didn't know who that was. I know he. Uh, yeah, Hiroshima Mar is unbelievable. Yeah. and the the and this movie is and I and I said Dan, I was like, you know, like I love I love weird arty movies. This is the e ticket ride of art films. Like, like it's like if you if you like it in the first ten minutes, you'll probably love the whole thing. If you don't like it in the first ten minutes, you probably won't like it. But like, there's no there's no judgment to it. It's just whether it rings a bell for you or not. You know. Right. And but I was like, I guarantee you at least three people are going to walk out of this movie before it's over. I mm -hmm. guarantee it. And uh, in fact, there were, I think, six walkouts, mm -hmm. right? And uh, and I don't fault these people at all. I mean, like, sure. like, I mean, if it's not your bag, it's not your bag. Um, but it was very interesting because I'm like, this movie is uh, – because like some people were just like, 
I, I, I'm going to go. You know, like they, and they just quietly got up and left. Yeah. But uh, there was a, the couple behind us was like harumphing the whole time, right? And you're like, oh, oh, oh. and then finally, you know, I just, go, oh, I just can't take this anymore. And then got up and left. And I was like, you're not in jail. Like you don't have to stay here. Like, but they were so that what ruined the experience for them was they were so self-conscious watching this film. Like they don't want to be the kind of person that likes this film. And so they need to announce that to everybody. Like I am above you is what they were saying. Like oh, right. who would like this? I have to say it really loud. So everybody knows, right. You know? And what I, what I felt was like, you're missing out because like you may or may not like the movie, but this movie is, uh, it's a movie that Stanley Kubrick references a lot in the shining. Mm-hmm. And this movie is, pure environment and you can just look at it that way and watch it as like this beautiful weird architectural masterpiece film Mm -hmm. and you can just see it that way and just love it that way Mm -hmm. you know and i suppose like with spider-verse like my feeling is like it's such like whether it makes any sense i guess like whether it conveys a story or it's too crazy visually like what i really want is for people to see it because it's I can understand not liking it, but I think it's a something, it's just something you should experience. Like just see this thing. It's, it's, it's an explosion of ideas. Right. You know, it may not be your favorite superhero movie. It may not work, whatever it is, but holy smokes, just think of it as a screensaver and you will get something out of it. Like that's, that's where I come from with that. I think what's great is, you know, having kids now, right? Because uh, my kids watched, uh, I mean, Brady told it on the previous podcast that he's like, he watched The Shining, right? Yeah, yeah, it's great. And uh, he and, and and pleasure to talk to that kid. Awesome, awesome dialogue with that kid. Uh, but both my kids were talking about literally this morning, where they were like, "Well, what was some of the things you liked about The Shining?" And both of them, it was interesting. They said, "We really liked the symmetry." Yeah, dude, it's so good. And it's just so good. Just the fact that they said that. Oh, it's awesome. Un- it's awesome. Unsolicited. Yeah, I'm like, and I was like. You know, it's like you guys watched – both of you guys watched the beginning of 2001. Right. They, right. they walked out after a while. Right. And That's now, sure. now, now actually Brady says, I really want to watch all of 2001 because of uh, Martini Giant, by the way. Oh, nice. Nice. So he says, I really want to watch all of that movie. Right, right, right. And then it's like – you know what you're talking about? You're talking about one point symmetry, and the, like yeah, this because is a, the, they got, the infinite point. Yeah, exactly. They got, yeah, yeah, right. They got so interested in in uh, in filmmaking, right, right and shooting things, yeah. and like vanishing and point. So in the they, there's actually a really good uh, video on YouTube, which you just look up Stanley Kubrick one point symmetry. Yep. And there's like every shot of every oh, yeah. Stanley Kubrick yeah. film that's like straight the, down the middle, man. Straight down the yeah. fucking middle. It's great. Which, by the way, is a huge point with. Uh, uh, Joe Kaczynski. So yeah, if you look yep. at any Joe Kaczynski films, Tron, etc., yep. it's all one single point, point perspective. Yeah, one point yeah, perspective. Yeah, yeah. It's right? so good, so good. So it's really cool. But it's a, that's the thing. It's like there's nothing like there's nothing. Uh, that's not that's not snobby. It's not them. snobby. It's awesome. It, you just they like, just, just like get, I love this. This is really cool. This looks cool. Right. And that's that's I, th- I think this I guess this is where I'm coming to. It's like the uh, what turns people on about the Mar- Let's have a put it all in one package. Uh, what turns people on? You about could the do this with fucking Caddyshack and make one point perspective seem cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like, right, there's yeah. nothing there. Like, uh, the fact that it's artful and you know artsy or whatever it is doesn't make any difference. It's just cool and you dig it, and there it is. Right. But you have to be of the mindset 
uh, like those guys are of just being open to it, being cool. Like there's no judgment. Just if you're just, just experience it. And that, maybe, maybe you don't like it. That's okay. Like, you know, those guys don't like, they're not into 2001 to start with. That's a, there's no judgment there. Right. But it's the idea that they're, that they're like, I just want to check this out and see if I dig it. Like that's the right way to watch anything. Or, or they don't like it the first time. Or they don't like it the first time. And then they start to like The Shining. Right. And then they're like, there's a flavor of something that I liked, and now yeah. I want to watch more of 2001. Yeah, exactly. And that's cool. Yeah. I'm not going to force 2001 down there. They, it's their own speed, dude. Whatever right? they want to do, right? Yeah, you know, we're like, going to fucking walk you down the Impressionist aisle at the museum. And you're, and you're going like to like all, it. And you're going to respect like it. like all these fucking paintings <laughs> because that's what's going to make Can't you see he's a genius? Can't, yeah. No? No. <laughs> no. Right. If you don't like fucking Impressionist paintings, you don't like them. fucking fine. doesn't make any difference. Yeah. You know, like this, that, but that's the thing. It's like with the mo- way the movies work now, where, like there's plenty of great movies being made right now. I don't want to be too old manny about it. But like the way in which I don't like uh, movies going in terms of really big budget stuff and a lot of the Marvel stuff is that um, they've, they've found the right network, uh, or the right sort of bells to ring with characters. Like people are like, oh, characters I can get in touch with and how they bounce off one Relations. another. Relationships. Right. Totally fantastic. Totally get it. But there's a very fine line between um, uh, dynamic uh, relationships with real stakes and novelty soap opera, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the less grounded something is, the easier it is for it to turn into soap opera. That's know? what they seem. Yeah, this and look at so the like, trailers; they're the, soap operas. The, some of these have gotten a little right. bit. They've gotten a little soapy. I get it. You know? Okay, so I'm gonna go. I'm going to go back to some of the things you were talking about mm-hmm. specifically because you and I have had this conversation over many years and actually many podcasts. We've actually recorded mm-hmm. this conversation about your disdain for uh, streaming content specifically <laughs> because it's very episodic. Uh, yes. Well, I can I – can, yes, that's true. That's true. I'm talking about your past. I, 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 can clar- I have clarifying notes, but please continue. You, you yes. have clarified right. the situation. Right. Because of the episodic nature of it, like, yes, but what now? And now you're going to wait for the next episode. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then problem, right? Right. right. It's a very clear conversation mm-hmm. that, you, that you, we've had in the past about that. So the point is to get you hooked to watch the next thing, mm-hmm. right? Um and that is the whole character building it is makes that very easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. Right? So this person has something and then Right. And in fact, you can even go back to the movie where that that is the theme of this, yeah, this outline. podcast. The end, the ending about the end of it is like and then right. and because like that's the thing is that the the difference is that I But there's when you actually watch that movie at, it, it just ends. It just ends. You you have no question about whether you should continue. They don't right. say Outland Two coming next. Yeah. no summer. It's, and the, and the, like yeah. everything closes. The plot closes up and everything's solved. And he goes off with his wife and kid. That whole happens like a Hollywood film. Uh, and they play happy music and it's great. But like I am left with a sense of momentum that makes me go, oh, fuck, what's going to happen? Now that shouldn't be solved. Like that no. emotion is good for me to experience. Yes. That's the, that's why I like it. That makes you feel good. Right. Like that makes, cause that makes me feel like the movie, like their, their characters and that world exist beyond me. And by the way, this, this whole situation you just described mm-hmm. has been solved in literature 
for like 2,000 years. Okay? (laughs) This is called uh, a tragedy and comedy. Mm -hmm. Greek plays Mm -hmm. have done this for years. Mm -hmm. Right. right? So there's two kinds of plays. It's called a tragedy and a comedy. Right. And a tragedy ends when everything is fucking solved. Yep. Everyone dies, right. including the hero. Right. There's no more potential. There's, it's all been used. It's all been used. Right. And a comedy ends with potential. With potential. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, and, and that and makes by the way, it the feel com- possible. Like the world is possible at the right. end of the comedy. And comedy doesn't necessarily mean everything's it's laughing. funny, yeah. No, it means that like, huh. Tragedy like, means the world is over. Right. There's so nothing Outland, else. Outland is actually it's a comedy. A, it's a comedy. Like it feels like it. You're like you're in the last stages of a tragedy. Right. Right. But it reveals itself to be a comedy. Right. Because he would have to die. Right. Yeah. Which is possible. It is a hope. It is a you hopeless could, place. You could very much make Outland into a classic tragedy. Easily. Easily so. Easily if so. his family died. Right. And yeah. his, and his family died. Right. No, if his family died and he's stuck there, yeah, he decides fact, to exactly. stick don't, around. Don't kill him. Kill them. Kill yeah. them. Okay. Yeah. So okay, their, right. their base station Eric, yeah. you crashes. You tell me how 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 could we make Outland into a classic sort of Hamlet style? Comedy? He does all of this to feel um, his family's killed. In the well, process. he goes he through this whole family. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know so that instead of his family going away. They no, they murdered. go away. Or they, could, they don't even have to die. No, but no, they, they, they go away. Mm. And they can either, there's been an accident because they're at the real station oh. before they fly the away. Space station. Yeah. yeah. So th- something happens there and he's just stuck there. And then he's stuck with that older woman who's a drunk. Yeah. And it's like, hey, it just looks like it's us. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, man, this then is hell. Yeah, I'm stuck with this sad. old bat. Yeah. Even though we became though friends, cool. there's yeah. no way yeah. I'm going to stick around with this one. Right. And then you're stuck with the boss that you punched. Yep. Then there That's is. hell. Dude, I mean, this is the thing. It's just like the. Uh, it's like That the, would actually be a really good film. Oh, because then it's the ending of The Graduate, right? Like, the, have you seen The Graduate? Yeah. yeah. Like, the ending of The Graduate is like, hooray! Oh, fuck. The end. <laughs> You're like, oh no! Careful what you wish for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, exactly. That's, oh, that I'm would trapped. be hell. Yeah, is that you're stuck there with these clowns, right? And you feel like, but yes, I, think- I made a moment to stand out, and I fought back what I felt was right, but it was really about me just trying to feel like I wasn't a loser at work. Yeah, I was having a midlife then, crisis, and I fucked everything I up. Fucked and I lost everything my up, family. and I lost my family. <laughs> exactly. I should have raced after him earlier. Right. A lot of people watch The Graduate, though. Mm-hmm. And they see that ending and they think it's romantic. Oh god, it's fucking horrifying that ending. Horrifying. It's it's a horror it's a horror movie. That guy's the, those those two people are trapped the rest of their lives. Like that's the end. Like it's not even uncertain to me. I'm like, they're fucked. <laughs> like every time I see that, I'm like, their lives are over. That's the end. I don't think people see that though. Oh, it's every time I see it, it's the most depressing. I effect. know that. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think people see that. I think they see that in like they're going to have a happy life together oh, because that's how naive we are. I guess so. I mean, I guess that maybe maybe that's like I don't think it's I a, ac- agree with you by the way, but yeah, uh, like I mean like the it's like the you know, the ending of for instance like the ending of Shane, right? Like Shane. I, yeah, like when Shane's riding away and maybe he dies, like maybe he falls off that horse. I'm like probably dies. You know, I don't feel sad about that. Like, that's not a sad ending to me. Like, I watch that and I'm like, fucking Shane. I feel like, okay. You know, or Logan, well, which is rip, so, rips off Shane. You know, where you just go like, I, like it feels 
good. Like, yeah, like part oh, of Oh, you the... think Logan is Logan is a, a – Oh, Shane. A Shane. It's Shane. And, uh, and they quote Shane in the movie. It's Shane. It's totally Shane. So like the, right. the ending of Logan, you know, like it has this a seemingly sad ending, right? But it's actually a massively hopeful ending. You know, it's scary. You know, maybe the kids may or may not make it. But, I, but it's saying like – Hope moves forward. Like, yeah, I, I, life I, moves forward. Life, not life, hope. Mo- yeah, like life continues, and there's still a chance. Your existence will end. Yeah, others will go yeah, on. Exactly. You know, mm. whereas, like, you know, you're, uh, as the as the dad, your time may be done, but yeah, you know, your 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 daughter will continue onward, and there's reason to hope in that. Whereas, like, the ending of the graduate is like they will be an angry, depressed couple oh. with bitchy kids, and that's it. <laughs> Like I can't. I have no idea how it turns and out any other way. They've been disowned by their parents. Yeah, everything is wrong, and they're going to find themselves at a crappy party advising some young guy about plastics. Like that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, that's a fucking tragedy. Yeah, but wait a minute. Isn't that? Uh, it's not a well, it's not a tragedy. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to end hell. up being like ice storm oh, or or or. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ordinary people. Ordinary people, exactly. Just oh, night, yeah. nightmare living, nightmare living, or like the uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, like the um, uh, the most depressing ending I think I've ever seen to a, film, a great film is uh, Remains of the Day. Have you seen? Yes, I, mm. one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's an incredible film. Great, great. He could film. not go. He was on that bus at it, the end. I, like I was enraged. I was crying and angry. I was just like that fucking kills me. Like you, goddamn! Moron. He would just go like this. Yep, Ugh. and he just the would worst. not do it. Yeah, like that. That's that's more of a tragedy to me than Hamlet. Like that, I watched that. I was like, that's. I I want to die. I want to die. For yeah, there's that. a period that it was a wonderful period because that was like Howard's End. I yep. love that another film. Good, another good film, yeah. And uh, it kind of harks back to that that era that I love a lot, which is like the 1880s to about 1940. Oh yeah, it's and it's yeah, like great, England, great Europe. Yeah, I'm gonna can, I'm gonna recommend a book to you. I may have mentioned on the podcast already. Heidi, Heidi, so good, Lassie, so good. and that dog. God, he, like, if a burns burning, he will just tell get you. Into, it's something like he that. barks yeah. and you, the and barn's you on understand. fire, yeah. and no, you, you run just and save the horses. Does he die in the end though? Who? Lassie? Yeah, no, no, he kills people. Uh, in any case, the book I want to recommend and recommend. He did break up. Why don't they have Lassie break up a prostitution ring? Didn't they? That would be great. I think they did. Like, dude, like, Lassie, like, broke up this huge... Lassie, human trafficking. Yeah, no, or maybe... maybe, (laughs) There's human trafficking over there? Where? (laughs) Where? Let's go and break this ring up. It's immoral. (laughs) My God. Yeah, the book I want to recommend to you and the rest of the audience, I just read uh, George Eliot, who's a woman, uh, George Eliot's Middlemarch, which is written in the, I don't know, 1870-something, I'm not sure. Blew my goddamn mind. The book was hilarious, beautifully written, and about the most insightful character work I've huh. ever read in my entire life. Middle March. Middle March. Unbelievably good. And they have never made a good movie or miniseries out of it. I tried to watch the miniseries the BBC made, and it was the worst. It was the worst. Really? Oh, it was awful, awful. But this is the – so wrap it all back around. Hey, let's wrap this one up. Let's do it. So – How many hours has it been? Six. The uh, – <laughs> Was it two hours? Three. We're, yeah, we're all we're almost exactly three. Three. What? I felt three. Yeah, I felt did. I felt three. It felt three ish. Did that feel like three hours yet? No. This is good. I thought it was I like actually, an hour fifty. Honestly speaking, I think that 
we have actually done a really good job of keeping structure going on this podcast. We, than, we got the movie out of the way, like the what happens in the movie out of the way. <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> I like just, how you said out of the way. Pesky movie, out, got of the movie way. out of the way. And then we bullshit for an hour and a half. No, yeah. we, no I think it was good that we got the, the, the plot of the movie yes. out. Like that's wise. Because then we yeah. can feel free to roam. We, I mean, we should continue <laughs> to practice that. Yeah, we're, we're honing our act, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> we'll then you can, you can, Has you, it been almost a year? What since we started? No, we started on June uh, January first. Yeah, half year. So it's been a half a year. Yeah, because the, the, what episode is this? The twenty twentieth. This Third? will be. This will come out twenty like twenty one. Uh, this will be like episode like seventeen or eighteen. No, it's or more because I labeled them on the what site. I think it's maybe 20, twenty, maybe 20, twenty or twenty one. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Good job, us. Yeah, I like this show. Yeah, it's a nice show. It's it's great. I mean, honestly speaking, uh, this is the thing about it. Like, I mean, you guys were joking around. Like, I thought it was going to be a big success or whatever. I don't care. I like doing this. Yeah, screw it. It's awesome. I love doing it. And but you did want really it to be a success. Cheese. Yeah. We well, still want it to be a success. I still want it to be a success. Yeah. yeah. It'll but, get there. But uh, – And you had your problems with Dan. You've talked to me privately We've almost that. worked them out. Let's not <laughs> – let's not talk about it right now. Look, I'm sorry. I should just have said saying, that, Dan. No, <laughs> I'm just going to be quiet for a little bit. Go ahead. Nonetheless, no. After you, it's it's <laughs> we 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 have we have we have issues in terms of this podcast in terms of being popular mm-hmm. uh, on a mass audience, and I'm okay with them. One, we don't talk about movies that are popular. <laughs> we talk about Outland, right? <laughs> Starring Francis Sternhagen, because who you may know from a show that was canceled. Because honestly speaking, I'd rather talk about those anyway. Yeah, so, of course. and we would too. And that's fine. Right. So the people that want to listen to this podcast mm-hmm. are people that we have that have to find it. And yeah, that's, that's going to take more than sixteen episodes. Yep. No, they're just going to they're going to see a backlog of all this good stuff. And right. They're going to want to take into it. That's going to take a little bit more time that's for it. them to do that. Right. I am not going to pander to an audience that wants to talk about Marvel films. It, right? yeah, there's, yeah, because the fact is that there's a million podcasts out there that talk about. I think we should do a, an episode on Marvel films. We should just do all the Marvel films in one do, podcast. I don't want to do it's, that. It's only what sixty hours. It's a sixty-hour film, and I remember some of it. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Honestly, I don't care. Now, and the other thing is, uh, we do go long, right? So yeah. we're talking yeah. in the three-hour plus episodes mm. for this stuff, which a lot of people's like, that's way too long for a podcast. Mm. Now, part of me goes, yes, but that's, that's the conversations we have. Right. And listen, here's the thing. Really what this is about to me on a personal level is about is the, the cheese pocky. Good. The, the cheese pocky. <laughs> Us sitting down, having a couple of cocktails, and drinking and having fun and talking about stuff we love, right. which I enjoy doing with you guys every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And why Same. shouldn't we do that? I agree. And uh, and so if people want to listen to that conversation, great. Let them have that. Three-hour co- podcasts are not actually a problem. And I'll, but, tell uh, you, I'll tell you exactly why that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. The number one podcast right now mm-hmm. is uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. I love oh, yeah. Joe Rogan. Yeah. yeah. I've never those, th- those are three-hour fucking podcasts. Yeah, right on. I just like that. I mean, like, and, I'm, and, and, and when he the... did them, people's like, 
you can't release a three-hour podcast. It's like, fuck it. This is, uh, this like is how long stuff. I want right. to talk about this shit. Right. And guess what? Number one podcast. So yeah. I don't really know Joe Rogan, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Do you like his show? I don't know anything about him. Oh, it's great. Good show. Do you like the Good Joe show? Rogan podcast? I love it. I, I, I so you listen know. to the three-hour podcast. I've heard this name. I wear, I when I work out, I go through it, yes. Yeah, well, that's because he mostly talks about working out. That's cool. Nonetheless, the whole point- You'd be I'm shocked just, that I like him. You're shocked. That's I, fine. I don't, I don't actually know who this is. I think is. he's really super I know, I know the name. And I have a vague picture in my mind. So and Joe I don't know Rogan, who this is. have you watched News Radio? Yes. The, he was the old it. show? Yes, with Dave Foley. Yes. Yes. So he was on News Radio. He was oh, the okay. fucking guy in the background who wore the fucking t shirt. He was like the jock in the background. And now he does, oh, okay. a, yeah, yeah. he does announcing on like fights. He, he right. is like a big. Yeah, like I'm, I'm like loosely familiar. I, know, I understand there's some fighting. people that don't like He's him very angrily and some people who love him a lot. one podcaster so. in the world. Oh, there you go. Hello, Joe. Fan of the show. There we go. And, and he's had big people on his podcast. I like, I like uh, Mark but, Maron. I like Mark Maron a lot. Mark Maron's awesome. Mark Maron is a kind of a detestable person. But oh, I don't know great, anything about him personally. Great, great interviewer. Great podcaster. Yeah. Detestable person? Yes. Well, I, I like him on Glow and I like him on um, podcasts. I don't know anything about him. I am fascinated by him. I would totally meet up with him, etc. I do not want to go on a canoe trip with, uh, with, with Mark Maron. Well, I guess Why? that's off. <laughs> great. Now i got to cancel. Well, I think just – that he's a difficult person to get along with on a personal level. As an interviewer, he has gotten some great interviews, man. Yeah, he did he's a, fucking got Obama on. Yeah, he's just great. Have he's you seen? Have you listened to his Obama interview? It's like uh, mind blowing. No, but I, 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 the one that I would, what really got me was the, uh, uh, the, uh, 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 oh God, what's his name? Just um, right in the tip of my tongue, hang on. Directed the Exorcist French Connection. I love him. I love all his work. Yeah, Friedkin. Friedkin, thank you, Christ, my brain jammed up there. Um, he did an interview with Friedkin, which I was just like, I have never learned so much about a person that I was interested in in such a short period of time. It blew my mind how good it was. It was well, great. yes, and the thing that frustrates me. Are you into Bogdanovich at all? I love Bogdanovich. Oh. Love yeah. Have you read any of his books? I have not. No. Oh my God, the best film book I've ever read. Yeah. Was Who the Devil Made It? Oh yeah, I've heard of this. You've, you've mentioned it before. I've not read eight nine hundred pages, dude. You'll yeah. learn more about filmmaking in that. Than... I think he's a he's a fascinating cat. And uh... did, did you see the uh, did you see the Netflix um, uh, re uh, constitution of uh, Orson Welles' last film, The Other Side of the Wind? No, but I should see that. But I know he lived with him. Yeah. Well, this is it's all about that. It's one hundred. You should see it because like see the documentary about Wells on Netflix as a it's a sort of a sister film to. Uh, Other Side of the Wind. Other Side of the Wind is about him and Bogdanovich. And Bogdanovich is in it as That's himself. Great. It's insane. It's I got to check insane. it out. Yeah, it's great. I, it's great. It, Sorry, I, I didn't mean to run off on that, but it's a it's well, really Well, you guys just song. illustrated everything what I like about this podcast. Amen, In dude. that exact example, yep. right? So we were talking about why I like this podcast and why I'm not willing to change or why I don't care about the fact that – and in its current state, in its very infantile state, why <laughs> it's, it's certainly infantile. <laughs> why, why, you know, what it is. We go on tangents. It's right? tangent you just guys went show. on a tangent that could probably turn into an entire podcast. Right, right, right. <laughs> Have you thought about maybe we do two movies and in an hour and a half, you, we just start the podcast again and do the other movie? 
We could, but why? We could do that. We could experiment with it. Anyway. We could, but why? The problem is that the way we talk, it's hard to interrupt and not Dan, Dan. Mainly yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, uh, the, uh, the thing that actually I, I would love. I don't know. Like, what I would love to try. you guys want me to stop the podcast? Because like I'm, I cannot find a breaking point. In- I don't know. I just like talking. I'm just going to keep on talking as long as we're talking. So I know. That's we way could easily take this. So, like, you're the, the the thing that I would love uh, that I really I I obviously really enjoyed this just as the baseline. I really love when we have guests. I think that's great because it sort of just changes everything up and it's yes. interesting. Uh, and I would love f- to be more interactive with the people that follow us. And I would like to uh, like. Okay, that's your responsibility. You know, I'm 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 terrible at it, but I really would for people that are listening. Like, uh, I am uh, I keep I try to keep up on Twitter. Terrible at Instagram, uh, and I'm good at Facebook. So uh, please, you know, like ask us questions to talk about on the show. Anything like it's yes. uh, just a. We, I'm, I'm, I would love to hear what people have to say about what we've said, or ask questions of things that you would like to hear us ramble on about. It would be, think it would be really really fun. I okay. I actually, I'll tell you this: we do have, we do actually have pretty good response on social media about certain things. Mm-hmm. Actually, Twitter seems to be the place where we're getting the most response yeah. on people. No, it's been really, good. yeah, no, yes. it's been relative to that. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, what is also like, I would love to know why you guys, if you guys listen, if you guys listen to the podcast, which I'm sure you do, uh, who are on Twitter. Our, we these podcasts go long, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have listened to this, and this podcast is going to come out after the one that I did with Brady, my son, mm-hmm. my wife thought that when we were going to do the podcast with Brady, it's going to be like a 20-minute podcast with Brady. <laughs> we still went two hours. Two and a half Two hours. and a half hours, yeah. Right? So and I fun. think Brady could have gone longer. Mm-hmm. We had to stop it because Karen said he needs to have dinner. Yeah, otherwise it's going to be a disaster. We could have done a three and a half hour podcast with my nine-year-old son. Nine-year-old son. And he was 100% engaged in this conversation. So I feel that there is a way that we engage in conversation that is actually like hard to stop the conversation. No, I think that's true with all of us. <laughs> I think right? that's very true. <laughs> yes, for good and for ill, I think that is absolutely true. Mostly right. for good. Like I think that I I do believe that like this is what this is also why I like uh, when we have guests just because like we have a sort of a sense of responsibility of like, you know, how how long it is. So it's not like you know, we're going on for 10 hours or whatever it is, but like we like it's always going to be interesting because like we're just like uh queuing off of whatever new stuff is being said. And right. then, like that's why it works, and that's the joy of this thing for me. It's just like the watching watching things bounce off each other is hilarious. Like I think that uh, that's I think that's this the thing is a great dynamic. Into. Yeah, no, I'm very happy with it. Between the three of us, it's like we you talk the most. Oh Jesus, do absolutely. I? Yeah, I'm sorry Number about that. Number two and yeah. then three. Yeah, but you, I feel like say I don't, the most. <laughs> I don't know about that. I I kind of was telling my wife a couple weeks ago. I was like, I don't think I I, I don't talk a lot. No, you, no but, but you do. You, you do. When, when, okay. when, so, when so, you just say the most in the shortest period of time, I say the least in the longest period of time. Okay. Two things that you do. <laughs> Two things you do. I'll, I'll t- uh, very upfront. First of all, you are definitely the most quoted person. Especially Easily. In, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you Because of hilarity. <laughs> raw hilarity. Raw hilarity. I think that's just being obnoxious, which I'm natural at. You, you're, <laughs> you're towing the line, man. I'm, you're doing it. Thank I you. tell my Keep wife, that, why stop? If people think I'm a douchebag, <laughs> why stop being you, a douchebag? You deliver 
fabulous material. And by the way, speaking the least does not necessarily make you the less important person. And that usually makes you. No, the it most doesn't important. matter if you're important or not. It's just no. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I didn't say anything for ten minutes, but it's fun. Yeah, no, and, and and my and my voice is like insulation. I'm just sort of spraying this everywhere and filling the room, and that's pretty yeah, much it. Absolutely, <laughs> I, 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 you're like the roundup. I, <laughs> that's right. That's first right. First of all, by the way, I actually, as as a technical person that listens to podcasts, you're I technical. Actually, I, don't know. I see no, the waveforms of where it's going on. Definitely, Dan is. Oh, oh God, Mother I'm so sorry, everybody. It's true. Mother of God. All you have to like, all you have to do is like put me in a room with a microphone and then say like. Blade Runner, go. And then just close the door. And then you'll just see waveform going. There's nothing and wrong ever. with that, Dan. <laughs> I'm not trying to say you speak you you you're an obnoxious person or whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying you have the most to say. I have uh, was it volu- voluble? I don't know. That may yeah. not be a word. I mean just maybe, maybe right. making that. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um what is interesting about Eric is that he not only does he deliver these great things, but he is also the most amazing tangent. Yeah, no, it's the like he is the is, he is the radioactive particle that flies it's, yes. it's called yes. ADD. Yeah, and it's beautiful. By the way, that's not a fault. That's one of the your assets in this podcast. Right. It is a fantastic thing where you were like. Yep. Wait, where did we go just now? I was electrocuted oh as a child. You were? You were electrocuted as a child? So was I. See, many it's times. happening. No, many, many. when you my, first, my mother was pregnant, it was uh, eight and a half months with me. And, and, and in our apartment, her apartment in New York. Okay. She was electrocuted, um, I'm gonna thrown say, back. Okay, I'm going to say it was an appliance. She didn't tell my father that. An appliance? She had her hand on the sink faucet and she's a, a neurotic cleaner and she was with a sponge going over and she went over the electrical socket oh my god that's hardcore that's so real. she was yeah. holding the um you know the, the metal spout and right. it, while the water was running and then she went over and cleaned in the apartment in in uh, riverdale that and she just got knocked back she was thrown back and oh, hit the man. wall eight lucky. and a half months pregnant with me oh my god lucky she got thrown because that could have just like she could have hung out there she yeah. didn't tell my husband or her, my father her husband right. Right. she didn't tell him until after i was born oh my god yeah so by the way my father was like, always later in life, he's like, I think it just was just the right amount of voltage. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, well, it, it's the amps that get you anyway. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all right. Well, yeah. your hair makes sense. Now. Oh, okay. Now I'm gonna bet uh, for you, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was some sort of light socket thing. Me? Yeah. You got oh, electrocuted. My, I electrocuted many times. Yeah. It was you, your first you, time. Like robbing, like car. No, jacking? I was fucking just plugging something in and holding the the the, the prongs as I was plugging. Uh, in. Nice, nice. Many times um, as a kid. I, I I think I probably electrocuted myself eight times as wow, a kid. So that's a lot. That's a lot I, more than you. I got electrocuted in in high school, and I just the re- buzz feeling. Like, I went, yeah, yeah. Oh. Dude. I remember I had uh, – it was in one of those science labs. Mm-hmm. Somebody – I was stupid, by the way. Somebody I still took am, a razor but... blade or some sort of exacto a cutting utensil uh-huh. and it was stuck in the plug but oh, broken off. Oh, no. So when I was holding the sink area of the lab, my thing – I just touched this um, – it looked like an exacto blade broke off in the right. thing. That hurt. Yeah, I imagine. My God. So this is like – this is the reason why you both enjoyed Pelham 123 so much. <laughs> that's, that's, third rail. that's it you're like oh oh yeah no i i didn't get a real uh shock until i was messing around with our television when i was like 23 in the place that i was living and i got zapped by touching something and it, like it was like a 
sledgehammer up under my chest knock me back i was like oh my god yeah, yeah it hurts i think the news. last time i did it it was in my maybe house. about like 10 years ago mm-hmm. i was trying to replace some kind of a ceiling fan or whatever yeah, i'm in terrified house. of this shit and that's gonna be in my brain and this, i this was guy. like and 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 i was like <laughs> i i bought this thing to like test if there's a, like I thought I hit the circuit to, to yeah. the, the, the 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 breaker to to make it off and I like I tested it with a thing with some I probably up. tested it two wrong wires and I plugged it in together and I was like ah and wow. I was like nah and Karen's like what it's like well I just got electrocuted he goes <laughs> didn't you test it with the fucking thing is like I might have. I may have done that touched wrong. The wrong wires. <laughs> I may have done that incorrectly. I'm pretty yeah. sure what? I tested. You know, the ground and the neutral, so that's not going to work. You know, Ooh, that- I got shocked. It cleaned, you know, my house, when I restored it myself. Yeah, yeah, of course. At the top of the stairs, I was changing um, the wiring. Uh-huh. Oh, but that's the ghost who did it to you. Oh, no, God, and I fell off the ladder, <laughs> but I fell down the stairs. Oh, fuck, that sucks. Off the ladder, yeah, going down on my right side, right on this bone here. It hurt. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, and I God. just told Nancy, just, and Olivia was crying. She was just a baby. I was like, just let me sit lie here and i it was just on the staircase lying down mm-hmm. head resting on the wooden i was just I, for like an hour no, i was just dude, like you yeah. can't move me i'm alive don't worry so it hurt a, that was the last time you got electrocuted yes and that was probably uh, 2010 oh, and okay, i so don't do electrical in the house anymore yeah i leave it by the one. way i, I will show it. you pictures it's after me. you know i i it been in my house 11 years. It's, you've been to the house. I have. It's an it's old house, house. Mm-hmm. third owner since it. 1923. So it's all original. Right. Like right. everything. Nice. Floors, windows, everything. I, love those old houses. Yeah, I have a right. skeleton key I use for my studio. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday, I put it in. And then when I got back, I reached around to grab a skeleton key. It's in a closet. So it's an old closet. Mm-hmm. And I, but I overshot it. I'm like, wait a minute. What is this? And I'm grabbing something. I was like, what the? And it's just a little slit in the wall in the closet on a beam. And I was like, what is this? Mm. And I spent about 20 minutes. It was a wooden snake this long. from the. It must be from the turn of the century. Twenty. It, it's, a wooden snake? I'll show you pictures. It's painted. Boa constrictor. A painted wooden boa constrictor? Yeah. It's the it's fucking crazy lady Stuck in the person. wall. Dude, that's I don't know. I've never made me very uncomfortable. I don't know why anyone would sculpt and that. And I was like, I was thinking about <laughs> that, Alice weird. at the time too. So I was like, maybe that's an omen. Yeah. But it's really the craziest, craziest She's thing. She's trying to tell you something, Eric. Look. Whoa. Yeah. No, wait, that freaks me out. Wait, what? He's showing us a photo wooden... on his phone of the wood snake. Oh my God. Yeah. That's weird. That's it was really stuck weird. in Blue the... eyes too. That's crazy. It was yeah. just high, like like highly detailed, painted wooden, very detailed painted wooden snake. Yeah, That's, isn't that weird? That was in. I believe the number of wooden snakes that I've isn't seen that strange? outside of a gift and it was shop just is in, that in the wall, and it has coats of paint on the bottom. So it's every own, we've only the third owner, mm-hmm. but you can see the paints we, we that people put on it. So it goes right. back to the twenties. But it was in this beam. Somebody must have hit it there in the twenties. If you're hiding a wood snake, you're doing something bad. Strange. Something weird is going on there. That's cursed. I that's what it. I'm saying. I'm just saying that's weird. You think so? No, I think it's beautiful. I thought it was. I good. love that. I was if actually. I maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. Like, I was actually beautiful. going to the studio and it, I was thinking of like how it, to approach it, stage two with Alice uh-huh. the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
literally it happened there. So everybody in my family is like, that's a sign. Right. But yeah. I'm oh, like, you're, maybe you're, it's a good oh, sign. Maybe it's a good what? sign. Yeah. I am a hundred percent. Because I was like, person, I'm on stage I'm 100% two. I'm hundred percent that it's a sign. It's a sign. It's a good. I sign. was th- stage two, and I'm like, right. how do I email? Because I got to call uh, this ship, and I was like, oh, I'll do it this next week. And then I literally, what is this? And it was a snake. It took Let's not minutes. get too much into this because our listeners are going to be like. What no, but the point about? is, the they won't get to three the show. hours. We're going to do this every. But the point yeah, is, the I'll put it up on the site. Right. It's reference? the craziest it's thing. A, yeah, it's, when, it's really when, something. As we go along, when we reference Wood Snake, this is it. This is the start of the Wood Snake scenario. I'll Woodsnake. bring it in if you when want to see it. It's the coolest I'll thing. See the it's hi- with a tongue. You can bring but the But who hides that in a wall? No, to no, find no, that in a wall. The thing is, no. That what's going to happen is like there's going to be a whole thing that happens to you because of the Wood Snake. Alice. Yeah, and you're going to. There is a reference you're, there. You are going to end up hiding. You're going to like you're. There's in ten years from now. You're going to be sweating and desperately trying to hide the wood snake in the closet for a reason that we don't yet know. I think a kid hit it. <laughs> so if you get murdered, people need to go back to this podcast. It's, like, it's the wood remember snake. the wood snake I and Alice. Think yep, that's right. A kid Alice hit the wood it. Snake. That's a joke a, or the third TikTok move. No. You know, and, like yeah. kids do stuff. TikTok boss. Hide him stuff. I oh think, yeah, I think it was a kid that did it. Yeah, and then you know left. Yeah, but that's a beautiful snake. It's it's a very talented kid. Strange. Yeah, you never yeah. know, man. What was the What was the uh, first time though that uh, you were injured in a decompression accident? Um, <laughs> my ears hurt when I went to the pool too deep. Oh, that's true. Was that you were working with Cameron then? <laughs> It's true. Down the side of the abyss. I did. I did. I did actually go. Uh, so when I lived in Greece, mm-hmm. right, uh, uh, we used to go uh, uh, snorkeling a lot as, as little kids, right? Mm-hmm. And as you graduate to bigger teenager kids, right. then it's like deeper you right. go, right? right? And then it becomes like spearfishing, and different things, right? And then uh, it became um, uh, hunting for octopus. Whoa, I never graduated to that level. Right. So what would happen is uh, there'd be these areas we'd go to, which are like kind of like a – think of them as like an amphitheater of cliffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right? You know what I'm talking about, yes. right? So it's like an amphitheater of cliffs, so like atmosphere, and uh, and then if you go down uh, and you dive down, there's all these rocky formations on the bottom, mm-hmm. which is like primo ground to catch octopus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what you would do is you would jump off the cliff and dive down and catch uh, – uh, if you can go – it's pretty deep down. You go mm-hmm. like, you know, 10, 12 feet down into the water. Right. And then you'd have to get down and then find the octopus. And it, the way you, you would do it back when I did it as a as a kid, literally just grab the octopus. Right. But you'd have to be like super fast to get down right. there and go kind down, of like surpri- surprise, surprise the situation, right. right? If you get down there fast enough, you'd surprise the octopus. Literally just grab the octopus. Yep. And there are lots of them. You just have to get down there fast enough, right? right? Uh, and then that that's what I did. And uh, But it would hurt your ears a lot. No, a little decompression. Yeah, you get a little bit of the, the – You get a lot of pressure in your not ears. Not quite the bends, but it does yeah, – you feel it. That's true. 
So I felt pressure in my ears. Yeah. Okay. So that's I used something. to catch. I used to catch octopus with my yeah. bare hands. Yeah. That's that's not bad. So like you're like on the level between you're sort of on the that's that's the lower level, and then maybe three notches up is Ed Harris running out of oxygen on the set of the abyss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This I'm definitely I'm dis- definitely on the the point five level yeah, right. on a level of one to a hundred. Right. Yeah. And then 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 up on the other end is the story we're telling. Uh, with the dolphins. Le- yeah, with the, the, the dolphin dolphin explosion. Yeah. You know, or implosion or whatever it was. Anyway, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God, Horrible. Horrifying. horrifying. I will tell you an interesting story, though, about Greece because um, uh, while I was uh, uh, hanging out, uh, so we used to go to the beach all the time. This, but basically what I did is like we just – as kids, as opposed to you know, playing Pokemon or video games in the early days, we didn't have that many video games. You had a wood Pokemon that was kept in the closet that you started. Well, there. we had arcades to go yep, to. True. Right? This is in the days when the only arcades you had were like pretty much Donkey Kong and and, and Pac-Man. Right? Yeah, that's it. That was it. Yep. And the only way to play those things was to go to an arcade. And if you didn't have that – We got to do Summer Lovers is one of the films. Oh, my God. Oh, that song. Good. The song the, what is the, uh, good choice. What, what's the song by Chicago? Everyone. It's a time away. Yeah. And just for a day. I'll I'll meet you. Those girls were so hot, yeah, man. man. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that that was Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah and a Hannah. French little dark haired hottie. I, God, that was a great film. Yeah. Hooray. Mark Harmon? Sure. Let's say that. With the eyebrows? I guess so. I don't know. Eugene Levy. Bastard. Maybe. I'm um, sure. that was Eugene a Levy fun and, uh, and Daryl Hannah in Summer, in Summer Lovers. Okay. That's, that is basically we're Have describing you. Seen that your, film? It's 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 a documentary about your trip to Greece. It's amazing. It's amazing. I have not seen this film. Oh, dude, it, it's it's it's. Uh, I'm, it's I want to see it's it. It's about a guy who basically meets a French hot in uh, Daryl Hannah, and he lives with the two of them. Yeah, it's just, just a, it's a it's a, it's like the it's like the Phoebe Cates scene in um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High for the entirety yes, of a movie film. Yeah, uh, it made an, when God you're when you're a certain when you're a tender age, cinema. it makes a it makes an impression. Oh my okay. God! Just then, just the world cracked open. Like, yeah, what the? Vivid, <laughs> so vivid, I, I it made is, you actually this, like Chicago. Yeah, it's like brief... this song is really good. It's not really good. I you're love... lying to yourself. Okay, first of all, you guys are wrong about Chicago. Sure. No, sh- no, sh- early Chicago. Yes. Early, yes. early Chicago. Great. Early Chicago. Oh, oh my God. This is Chicago Transit Authority. Yes, Chicago Transit Authority. This is veering towards. The Satara days, the, the Satara solo, solo days. Yeah. The Pizza Terra solo days. I love Chicago early days. Chicago early days, one yes. two. Chicago three is fucking amazing. Yeah, no, album. I have nothing said. This is all good. We can. We don't have to argue about that. That's yeah, great. Yeah, like yeah. I'm sure you also like. We I think we both like uh, uh, Robert Palmer as well. Early Robert Palmer, Sneaking yeah, Sally, Sally, Alley. Yeah, fantastic. You know, like we're. All, I we're even actually like zone. Chicago five. Uh, Saturday in the Park is actually a that's still good. Fantastic hang on. song. Hang on. That's hanging on. Yes, I, I definitely. That's sort of like that's that's in the sort of the uh, Elton John "I'm Still Standing" phase of that. That's career. great though. Yeah, that's still Red good. Strikes Back. Yep, album eighty eight, seven eighty eight. Still good. Still good. Damn, holds good. I, yeah. Holds up. I yeah. Do like Chicago? Tail end. I think there is there there is a lot of complexity in Chicago. Peter Cetera kind of started to get too focused on him. But it's, but, yeah, it became this. Yeah, yeah that's, right. that was too much. That's the back Summer Lovers is, is, is Peter Cetera. We're going to go back to Greece. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying Summer Lovers is, I believe it's in Greece. Is it in Greece? Yes. Okay, it's in Greece. Let's All say right. it's in Greece. So Peter Cetera and Daryl Hannah and Eugene Levy. Like I said, I didn't actually have video games when I was playing in Greece. <laughs> so what we would do as kids mm-hmm. is we would try to find activities to do. Mm-hmm. And we would spend a lot of time 
uh, with masks in mm-hmm. in the water. And Greece is uh, the, uh, the Mediterranean. That area is very clear, so we would just basically put masks and snorkels on and just fucking go do whatever we're going to do. Right. And there was no like we would just leave the house, walk for like two miles to wherever we wanted to go, awesome. and just mm-hmm. go snorkeling. So what one of the things we would do. Which now just seems so surreal considering the whole sushi world mm-hmm. is we would leave the house and get one of those uh, like like a cleaned out dishwasher detergent bottle. Like imagine like like a like a Dove these sure. yeah, right gotcha. bottle, okay. right? Completely cleaned out so it's completely clean and fill it with lemon juice. Interesting. Okay. Okay. On and purpose. On purpose. Yeah. And that's what we would have. And we would take that with us mm-hmm. and then we would uh, walk down to our favorite part of the beach. Preferably at this point based on our agenda, a very rocky area. Uh-huh. All right? And then uh, we would go to this area, which most people wouldn't necessarily like to dive in because of the enormous amount of sea urchins that are available. Oh, gosh. There. Okay. I see where this is going now. Okay. Right. I tried to put it together in my brain, but now it's starting to make sense. And then we knew about this because what we would do is collect sea urchins. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. Now. Which are delicious. Which are delicious. Yes. So the way that we were taught by the locals in Greece to collect sea urchins is that you want to collect the females, mm-hmm. which have the eggs. Mm-hmm. Interesting part about collecting sea urchins is there's actually ways to identify them that are very biologically normal to collect them. But then what the local – You're talking about identify the sex of the sea urchin? Yes, you, because so you, you don't like, want to collect the male sea urchins because right, they don't have they eggs. They don't have eggs. So this would be this would be called sexing the sea urchin. Sexing that, the that sea urchin. That is the appropriate Ex- phrase. Yes. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Mm-hmm. So what we would do is we would like, huh, what do we do? And then the local says like, there's actually a fucking easy way to do it mm-hmm. that's going to get you like 90% there where you don't have to go through all the extra steps of mm-hmm. identifying sea urchins. Is- Dynamite in the water. Done. No. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the weird the ma- shit. The males fly and, and a little higher. higher. I, and then you know. I can <laughs> tell you, know. you that this fucking works and it doesn't make any sense. It says, if you see a sea urchin and there is something attached to their spines, mm-hmm. like a piece of seaweed, a rock, something. That is going to be the male? That's going to be the female. That's going to be the female. Because they're nesting, digging for the eggs. I don't know. That's wacky. That is a – I don't – I would say that someone's going to hear this on the podcast and then find themselves in this situation and go, wait, fuck, I know this. And then they're going to win that, that tournament at the bar. But it's it's awesome. That's an awesome thing to so know. I don't I, even know I why you – I literally go that. down and I was like – there's a piece of seaweed attached to the sea urchin because you're better mask you're on. Gonna, and it's going to be And just grab it. Well, first of all, we grabbed it with our bare hands. Uh, sea urchins are actually not that 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 bad to catch. They're, wor- they're worse to step on there. Not, yeah. The, the to grab, grab you just like, hey, just like – it's like a bunch of pokies, whatever. Yeah. But if there is a rock or something attached – like if there's something on them, then that's – and I pres- – I, Guarantee you, ninety percent of the time, we've almost always catch, caught I a female. I, wow, I would never have guessed this. Right, okay. and so we would catch all these searches. We grabbed a whole bunch of them, mm-hmm. and then we basically took a knife, cracked them in half, mm-hmm. 
and then uh, uh, the the bottom half is is where the the mouth is or whatever, right. and that's where the the, the guts are, which is right. not much. Right. I mean, sea urchins are they're un- uncomplicated creatures, pretty primitive animals. <laughs> exactly. And then the top half was empty, and you would have this beautiful star shaped pattern of huh. their eggs. Oh, interesting. interesting. Inside there, yeah, right. uh, which is the uni eggs, which everyone knows right. from sushi, right? right. Right. And basically, you rinse it out in seawater, mm-hmm. and then rinse it up, and then take the, our, our 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 lemon juice right. that we would get from the bag. There you go. Put a little lemon juice in there. Yeah. And it's your, it's, sh- it comes with its own bowl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with our with our amazing. fingers, we would just wipe it out yeah, right. and just eat searchin eggs, and we basically have and lemon juice. An entire that's, lunch. That's fucking expensive, by the way. Fucking sea every, every, see, Does the lemon also help disinfect or like break down? Yeah, some no, of it maybe. just gives it a little bit of a tang. Yeah. To I it. know it's it's for flavoring, but it's also does it help in case you were to die? It's just of about sea a tang. Yeah. Literally, I would say <laughs> I had a lunch of sea urchins. <laughs> that was so. What's his name from Detroit? Uh, you know. Um, Cat scratch fever. What's his name? <laughs> I, I mean, we would honestly. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, cat scratch fever. Yes. That, that's yeah. um. What's his face? Oh God, he was in um. God, I'm I'm lost my mind. But he was also in um the journey to the center of the earth was the big hit when he did uh, the, the Amboy Dukes. Yeah, James Mason. No, the Amboy Dukes, no Ted Nugent and the Amboy Dukes, yes. and then it became Ted Nugent. Right. Could hold Ted Nugent. And that's so Nugent, the way he said, it's Tang. <laughs> tango Wango. Mm, the Tango Wango. Good old, good old fun. The Nuge. The, the Nuge basically, with my, my, my lunch, Jesus my lunch as a teenager was like eating like 20 sea urchins. Dude, that, that is like $400 of sushi every day for a kid. That's amazing. It's great. Well, that's the thing. It's like we were starting to laugh about it. Apparently, like even back then in the in the eighties, they're like, "Do you realize like you basically ate that is a delicacy, a delicacy like all day long?" It's like it's fucking trash. It's all of the like (laughs) like like sea urchins are not that hard to find. I'm just saying the word urchin is in the name. Yes. <laughs> it's like on, well, yeah, well yeah, said. The sea urchin. It's right. Not, it's not the. Uh, it's not the. That's not fancy. Speaking of rare minerals, mm-hmm. we should wrap up the uh, 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 the our, our podcast on uh, on Outland. Yes. And, okay. And, and titanium, which titanium is not that rare. No, no. But we found a real big use for it in the future. Yes. Yes. That's at, at least I mean, maybe on Jupiter. It's like that's that's the big uh, the cash cow. Makes yeah. sense. Although if you were to actually have it take place on Io, Io is so insanely volcanic and it's so wrapped in the magnetosphere of Jupiter that essentially it's like living in a microwave oven on a hundred all the time. Yeah. So if you're to remake Outland, you just have to put people on Io. And, and everyone has explode. baked potatoes that are constantly being <laughs> it's cooked. It's ready. It's ready. It's ready. It's ready. Potato. Sour cream. Sour so cream. So good. Cold sour <laughs> I, cream. I believe it is. It is <laughs> popcorn. <laughs> all the time. The popcorn I believe you. It was actually <laughs> the supply <laughs> ship comes and all the popcorn. <laughs> 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 Shit. I knew we should. 
<laughs> ship so goes down because it was carrying a pallet. <laughs> <laughs> so we, of like... we were going to the movie theater planet. <laughs> just didn't work out. That's the way it goes. Sorry, so that what the scientists do is they make a huge lazy Susan to put yeah. it on there. So the whole base rotates. Yes, they evenly it's, distribute. It's, it's a nice. It's, no, it's browned nicely throughout. <laughs> so you put a piece of paper on top and then you can, you can mine there forever. It's, the it's paper nice. has to be moist. Though. It has to be moist. Yeah. Has, otherwise, yeah. Otherwise. <laughs> Peel the plastic back. <laughs> But don't take it off. <laughs> you yeah. gotta balance it out. The moist it. towel really the moist towel it really does. Helps. It makes a big difference, dude. I'm just saying. Just saying. That's that's the it's real like story of this 27 mile long moist towel. <laughs> it's like in in the in our, re- in, in like our the remake of Outland with the board and the moist towel <laughs> yeah. all over the we we re- uh, in our remake of Outland. It, it's not. It, we don't mind titanium. We just we just uh, re uh, moisturize stale bread. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You ship it to the oh, outer man. worlds. They're like, sorry, we made bread on Earth. It got stale. S. S. By the time it gets Orville stupid, Red and now This is Orville Redenbacher. This is the Redenbacher. No, it's down. Oh my God! Yeah, poor people. What's that? Poor Io. Poor Io. You know why they didn't? It was originally the movie was called supposed to be called Io. Yes, I heard this, but and they didn't want to call it Io because the executives thought. People would call it 10. <laughs> they're probably I, correct. Uh, <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, they're probably man. correct. Yeah. No, no. So they call it Outland because of that. Yeah. you. De- Io actually would have been a really good name for yeah, the it's movie. Cool. It's, it's, it's nifty. But you have to keep the small eye with the dot on it. And yeah. Then, yeah. And that's, that's the only way to work that out. Io. Yeah. No, it's, uh, sometimes the studio's stupid. Good. I know. Sometimes Outland's pretty good, though. Yeah, Alan's good. Alan's good. It sounds it sounds western. The fonts are great, and oh, that the logo fun. is cool. Yeah, yeah, super good. Uh, and I, and let's quickly let's quickly compliment other things like so things that make it very alieny are the fact that the score is great and by the same guy who did Alien. Yes, Jerry Goldsmith. Um, the production design, rather the uh, costume design by John Molo, also did Alien. Yeah. Um. Uh. And uh, I forgot. There's one more. I think there's. It, it uh, was nominated and may have won an Oscar for sound design. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's a beautiful bit of production, really, really nicely staged, gorgeously shot by Peter Himes and credited to somebody else. And uh definitely check it out. It is it has a slightly weak action ending, but everything else is dynamite. And uh soon the Oral Red Mocker remake is uh yeah. is uh, the, way. the doctor's action. Uh, oh my god. Francis she, Sternhagen champion. She was she's worth it. Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah. She is, she's a dynamo, man. She's she, my hero. Like, this movie is worth watching just for her performance. Yep, yep. And it's, good, and it's a good Connery performance. I like him a lot in this movie. Yeah. Like he's, Connery's he's, good. Yeah, he's, he's tired. He's, you know, he's struggling. And, you know, it's just like when he finally chases that down, dude down to the kitchen and goes, holds the shotgun up and goes, think it over. You're like, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Think it over. Think it over. Yeah, you know. All right. So I think that's about ready. We're out of cheese. (laughs) We're out of of cheese. Ready? Let's do it. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.